On this episode of the Flophouse, a very special Flophouse in theaters, we discuss Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Stuart gives it two thumbs somewhere. <laughs> oh man, you don't want to know. <laughs> everyone and welcome to the flop house i'm dan mccoy Ooh, hey there dan it's me Stuart wellington <laughs> that was a little bit of a cowboy oh, hey there, angling. <laughs> oh let's mosey on over to this cantina <laughs> well, 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 well as the sun goes down over flop house town we, <laughs> that's really the first thing you can think of <laughs> we amble on down to the catfish creek to catch ourselves dinner i, I mean I we know. should we should have caught dinner we before the sun early. went down yeah. <laughs> well, it depends it's gonna what... be more difficult <laughs> doing night well, fishing but you know what nothing tastes better than a 1 a.m meal i mean the <laughs> hard part's gonna be building the fire when it's dark well, out i mean the question is what, called what, the what time fourth of year meal is it? over at uh, <laughs> Over a taco bell. I mean, if it's near the solstice, the winter solstice You're right, right Dan. It's late in the year, so it gets darker earlier. Who wants to eat dinner at 3 p.m. out on the range? I'm Elliot Kalin, by the way. Though, uh, to quote my father, at 3 p.m. there's less of a crowd, so the restaurant's better, obviously. You're you're right. The the, the river, it's easier to get a table by the river with a catfish or a jumping. Uh Would you call it a crick earlier? Uh, Yep. A crackling crick. Okay, let's... Wait, the crick is crackling? <laughs> it's it's crackalackling. Um, let's... That, and that would be the moment when the sheriff wanna, shoots you. <laughs> I don't want to unpack a lack that joke, Dan. <laughs> um, so we're all together here in my uh, suddenly very hot apartment. Yeah, we're yeah, all together now, all together now, on this episode of The Flop House. And it's kind of impromptu, so we don't have it planned the way we normally do. Yeah, this is going to be a slightly uh, different episode of the Flophouse, number one. Yeah, we're trying things out, you know, mixing it up. Uh, I guess. <laughs> or maybe it's just that we sort of like threw this together at the last minute because Elliot was going to be in town. But um, I was in town for my cousin's wedding. Yeah. And we all happened well, to... you are in town currently. Uh, I not... know you're speaking to the listener. I but... mean, when this episode's think... released, I may still be in town. Do you town. think my cousin's wedding was the planned sequel for my cousin Vinny? <laughs> I, but Vinny, Do I oh, think that? Yeah, where we finally yeah, see Vinny. Yeah, you ever think that? Where we finally Probably. see Vinny get married to Marissa Tomei. But here's the thing: this time, Go on. Vinny's in jail, <laughs> and oh, Marissa no. Tomei has to argue the case to get him out because uh-huh. only a fool would represent himself in court. And Vinny <laughs> is no fool, as seen in my cousin Vinny, in which that fast-talking New York wise guy—not uh-huh. actually a wise guy, but you know what I mean—he uh-huh. manages to. Pull one over on those smooth southern slicksters. Yeah. <laughs> seems so nice. Wait, 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 they're slick southerners? Well, the lawyer is. You know, oh, okay. Vinny seems so nice in that movie, but then I saw The Irishman recently, and like, uh-huh. he, I don't know what time happened to him, but he was really mean to people. Well, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't describe him as not nice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he wants to make, he wants to be friends with the Irishman's daughter really mm. badly, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously being spurned in the friendship of a kid. He's uh, relatively patient with, uh, with Al Pacino, considering. 
And he's very wrinkly at one point. Yeah, They're true. all very wrinkly. Uh, this, the Irishman is the movie where I spent the first 40 minutes being like, how old is Robert De Niro supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Because he looks like he's in his 50s, but they're all calling him the kid, and he just got back from the war. <laughs> yeah, there's that bit where he uh, where he beats up that shopkeeper, and he like curb stomps him, and it's the, the fakest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, 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 he's worried that his corset's going to pop if he, if he lifts his leg too high. Well, we've derailed ourselves almost immediately. We're talking about the Irishman, right? The point is, all right, number one. We're doing... Also, Robert De Niro, I think, is Italian. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. Uh, I think you need to look at the Chiron again, Elliot. <laughs> Good point. Uh, number one, this episode is going to be slightly different because we sort of threw it together because Elliot's in town. Number two, uh-huh. we're... And we, uh, we realized we had all seen the same movie. Yes, we're talking oh, okay. about uh, Rise of uh, Skywalker because <laughs> we all have thoughts about it. Everyone uh-huh. rises. Dark Knights, Planet of the Apes, eventually Skywalker was going to. You know what? Normally we don't see movies in theaters, but, uh, well, we do, but not for the podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we frequently, well, you guys frequently see movies in theaters. I, I do not normally see them because it's hard for me to get out at night. Yeah, I mean, there was a moment in life, uh, it's like uh, mm-hmm. like in a video game where the an NPC gave me an option. I had two options. I could uh, go see movies, or I could have children, and yeah. I chose option A. Yeah. Mm, there are times when I I wonder if I made the wrong choice. Then I see those sweet little boys' faces, no, and I go, "Oh, sweet little boys Both on are... the silver screen." They're, they're similar things. <laughs> Both are very, very popular choices. I mean, you could go see Jojo Rabbit and see someone who looks just like my son on the movie uh-huh. screen. So you can also see a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Oh. Oh, I hope Taika Waititi doesn't listen. To no, this he's right. never going to listen. He's to very this. cool. He's too busy and cool. Yeah, we all we all like you, Taika. But um, the other thing, that's <laughs> Danny's not much listening. Much more Somehow that was much worse than Dan yeah, being legitimately afraid that he would hear. But then Stuart, I'm sorry. I you um, uh, the other thing is, like, I don't know. Maybe we'll do some of our other regu- regular segments, but maybe we won't in this episode. Oh, wow. Keep them guessing. This, so this, think of this as a flop house after dark, because it is after dark, because it's near the solstice, the winter solstice. <laughs> You're really hitting that solstice hard. Really dating the episode, Dan. Especially since this is going to be released, at the very least, a week after the solstice. But, uh, I mean, the solstice already, uh, that was, was the 21st of December? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> you're a it's not, pagan. It's because you're a calendar man, <laughs> Stu. Oh, sorry. Sh- I shouldn't have revealed that. Oh, Batman, boy. don't. Batman's I- been listening <laughs> no, no, this but, whole time. I hope Batman's not listening. We love you, Bats. It's okay. But, uh, who's, who's, Batman's, yeah, was, uh, who's Batman's tech person? It was the 21st. Is it like radio or uh, it's not gizmo duck? Because that's, it's, or- <laughs> it's Oracle the tech person or just like a, like a research assistant? Dan, who's Batman's tech person? Uh, the Geek Squad? The one Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman. Let me oh, Lucius check Fox. The... Okay, Lucius Fox. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the, we've uh... had a lot of fun here, but we're not talking about DC Comics character the Batman. We're going to talk about <laughs> the Irishman. No, he's the superhero who has the power of the Irish, which well, means before, he's lucky, which means he's long shot. Before before we move on, I'll say and I'm, I'm impressed that you know we've had a lot of laughs at the expense of the Irishman's wacky digital <laughs> oh, effects, but you know what? It manages to still be really good despite those things, or possibly because those things. Well, The we Irishman know. is to me, and then we'll get into what the movie artists are talking about. It's like when you see a band live, and you're uh-huh. like, I love this band, I love this song, and the band is like, you know what, we've been playing this song for 30 years, we're going to do kind of like a loose jam version of this song. Uh-huh. And you're like, you know what, if this had been the first version I ever heard, I don't think it would have been my favorite, but I love seeing them playing around and having fun with this thing that they do so well. Mm-hmm. And like that to me is The Irishman. Is Mark Scorsese is like, I've done this story before. I'm going to do the kind of thing where I like play around with it and I just take my time with it and just 
do I, I do things that normally I would cut out because mm-hmm. I'm trying to make this movie like a scene punchy. where two characters talk about uh, serial preferences. Yeah, well, fr- to, frankly, I my favorite parts are the fact that Joe that Joe Pesci cannot become friends with Robert De Niro's daughter and Jimmy Hoffa so naturally becomes friends with Robert De Niro's daughter and I'm like I want to see a movie about that about these two corrupt guys are fighting over the friendship of this adolescent girl and there's nothing creepy about it it's literally just that like this girl is like they just want the thing that childless old men have where they're like oh I need the life that comes from being around a young person Mm -hmm. Uh, you guys will know what it's like anyway eventually (laughs) but but just the uh... wait does that make me Hoffa or Joe Pesci (laughs) look everyone decides whether to be a Hoffa or a Pesci look between the two of us I think we both know who a a child would naturally find warm (laughs) and approachable I don't know Dan I would refer you to again when you would come over for dinner and you and Sammy would watch the Muppets together. That's true. But, mm-hmm. uh, the, but I... T- well, your son is a yeah. very special child. Yeah, yeah hey, you're what's warm, whereas I might be cool. <laughs> Put on Mr. Freeze costume, blast ice all over the place. So I guess Whoa. <laughs> this is my apartment, Stuart. <laughs> Not anymore. Okay, it'll melt. It'll melt, Dan. It'll yeah, melt. Yeah, the water damage? <laughs> yeah, well, that you'll have to deal with, sure. Yeah, the, that's one thing that Batman doesn't really talk about, <laughs> is the water damage caused by Mr. Freeze's bullshit. <laughs> and that's the real crime. Yeah. That I, I, so I guess what I'm saying is I wish the Irishman was called the Irishman's daughter. And it was just uh, these two old gangsters <laughs> fighting over the friendship of this kid. But okay, it's the jam band version. Okay, but we heard talk about Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, uh-huh, yeah. the possibly final chapter in the mm-hmm. Star Wars saga. Of course, we know it won't be. There's money to be made. In According that to a word on the street, it was a huge financial flop, right? Uh, what well, this one? <laughs> I, th- I, I mean, it did make the least of the three new movies. But he, but it's also like the, I, one. I'm sure it was disappointing to them, but also I remember when Last Jedi came out, and they were like. Didn't do the business that Force Awakens did. Looks like Star Wars is slipping. It's like, yeah, dude, Force Awakens was the first new Star Wars movie in, what, 15 years? Of yeah. course, we're releasing another movie a year or two later. Of course it's not going to be as exciting. People aren't going to rush out like, to see it. Like, Han Solo's in that shit, dude. People love him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Once People he, do love once, Han Solo. Once this. Han Solo, well, except, except for, for Harrison Ford, they, yeah, they, they, li- and, and he, they like Han Solo when it's Harrison Ford. Yeah. Because when it's someone else playing Han Solo, people are not quite so eager <laughs> to see of the, the adventures like, of Han Solo. Uh, this guy kind of is Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> he can just slot another dude in. It's like when they tried to make all those like Pink Panther movies without yeah. Peter Sellers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the thing about the Peter Se- about the Pink Panthers, he's a mythic character. <laughs> Anyone can play him. He's like Odysseus. He has many masks, and it's like no, it's pretty much just Peter Sellers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I know that. Uh, I mean, people are going to write in. Uh, Elliot knows that the characters, in fact, called Inspector Clouseau. Yes, Pink I know there was the diamond. The diamond that was stolen by what's David Niven's uh, thief I don't character? Know, but uh, Look, I, I only I, watched that one once because it's actually the, one of the less funny ones. The first the one. First one. I, th- I reached a certain age where I stopped caring whether Frankenstein was the doctor or the monster. I'm just going to call Clouseau's character the Pink Panther since he essentially became that. The same way <laughs> I know Nick Charles is not the Thin Man. The mm-hmm. Thin Man is the man he is looking for who's disappeared. But by the second movie, it's like. Look, we're just going to start talking about yeah. him as if he's the Thin Man. Come on. So, Peter Sellers, there's no reason to call those movies the Pink Panther if it's not Peter Sellers because the diamond is no longer a plot point. <laughs> David Niven is the bad yes. guy in Time Bandits, right? <laughs> um, no. no. That's, that's Ralph. A... That's, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, for, my, for a second, you said we're going to say Ralph Richardson, who's Richardson, plays God. God. Yeah. It's, um, I don't remember. Googling it Look right it up. Now. And people David Warner? Yes, right. it's David Warner. God damn it. Who is much younger than David Niven. Okay, well, 
David that was Niven is from like the, is from the golden age of Hollywood. Take? David Warner is from later on. Uh, anyway, so the rise of Skywalker. So guys, yeah. we're gonna get into it. Uh, oh, it's like I'm avoiding talking about this movie. <laughs> so basically, here's what you need to know about the, the plot of the Rise of Skywalker. Uh-huh. The Emperor is back uh-huh. somehow. That's how it's explained uh-huh. in the movie. The uh-huh. Emperor came back somehow, and he's Sometimes like. Sometimes they come back. <laughs> so yes, like going into, so going into this one, we we're all like Star Wars freaks, right? I mean, star, it's it's weird what kind knowing that Star Wars is a wholly corporate owned entity uh-huh. and it exists at this point to make money and not because it's expressing the vision of an artist. Yeah. It's, I have still have such a strong emotional connection with it and I'm still, I watched the first, I, I was very excited to watch the first movies with my son finally yep. and watching them I'm like, these still cast a spell over uh-huh. me and it's still amazing to me that so much of this just come at, came out of George Lucas's mind combining different disparate elements uh-huh. into a story that is, you know, phenomenally entertaining and like, Moving in a way that is not—it's not necessarily meant to be—and that is beautiful in some ways, and gave all these other people the opportunity to ex- exercise their craft in really mm-hmm. fantastic ways. And it's also there are also movies that like I feel like for the like you can look at most of them and find like cast a critical eye on them and try and pick apart details. But at this point, I have no control over my emotional attachment. Like, yeah, I I have seen every single Star Wars movie. And I have left the movie theater not disappointed. Mm-hmm. That includes the prequels. I can't control it. Like <laughs> I can be like, this was dumb and silly, but I wasn't mad. Yeah, but when you left this one, how did you feel? I felt very unhappy. So I think Dan and I and you, we form a spectrum where you were very unhappy about it. Yeah. Dan was like, eh, Star Wars, what you gonna do? Yeah. And I'm kind of in the middle where I'm like, I think I'm not... I, if I was younger, I would be mad. But instead, I'm just kind of like, oh, you know what? I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. I'm oh, disappointed. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> so mature of you. Because well, that's, yeah, I, I on, raged sorry. and tore at my hair and garments, well, if only which because... was a cool Darth Maul all over print t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I had to say cool. I think you guys have seen that. <laughs> and you say, it's redundant to say cool Darth Maul all over print t-shirt. The uh, That... That it's like, oh, you were handed the reins, all the people involved, and it's easy to put this at the feet of one person, but a lot of people are involved. You were handed the reins of like, this really, this, it is a franchise, but it's a special thing that holds a special place in people's hearts. And you were like, uh, I guess we'll just do it again, but we'll make it into like a scavenger hunt for magic objects, which Star Wars has never been. We'll get into that. I just like, (laughs) this is a very MacGuffin-based The the fact that they have to find a magic dagger so they can read an inscription on the dagger to find the Wayfinder so that they can use the Wayfinder to find the evil planet where the Emperor has his huge fleet of ships that he built somehow. It's a point-and-click adventure, Elliot. It does feel like a (laughs) point-and-click adventure. The fleet of Star Destroyers that all grew giant planet-destroying dicks. (laughs) (laughs) That that are easily destroyed by just shooting them with B-wings and they Wings. It's like if it's like if in the first movie, Luke and we'll get into the plot briefly. But it's like if the first movie, Luke and Han went to the Death Star. I love that they, you're mad at how easily they blew up. You're like <laughs> their armor rating is much higher yeah. than the, well, no, because the they were built weapons. up as this enormous threat, and then yeah. it's just like oh, a couple shots just takes it out when it's time for them to be taken out. But uh, the that uh. If Luke and Han went to the Death Star and they went to the cell block and they opened the door and there's a fucking mushroom man and he said, the princess is in another yeah. Death Star. Mm-hmm. Here, Here's a clue that'll help you find that. The well, fact that in this movie they're like, we have to find the clue to the Wayfinder without any sense of how well, ridiculous that is. I mean, is. like, not to jump way ahead in the movie, but, like, the, the most egregious uh, example of that is when they go and, like, to the ruins of, like... 
the old Death Star off in the ocean of some planet, and they pull out the dagger, and it the side of it, the grooves match up with the destroyed Death Star, and I'm like, okay, well, who did this <laughs> at what point and why? Did it match up with the Death Star, or was it like a mountain or something like that? No, it matched up with the Death Star. Okay, yeah. then like I don't know. The, some the circle did... part of the Death well, Star. Well, I mean, it was a dagger that was held by this super tough bounty hunter everyone was afraid of, who also had the goofiest, doofiest <laughs> robot sidekick. Mm-hmm. That, that was just the fact that they're like, we're introducing a new robot. By the way, he looks like he's made out of shit, well, and like, he has no personality, and he bumps into things. It's like, what the fuck is this? Let's not badmouth the best thing in the movie. Yeah, like, uh, the, best, Frick? Uh, okay. the best thing in the movie is the chimp blacksmith who yeah. welds Kylo Ren's mask back together, and I was like, more of this, please. Like The craziest thing is that he's just a normal chimp. <laughs> <laughs> this is like just a regular chimp that they trained to do this because they because here's the thing about chimps. <laughs> Please, <Okay. laughs> finally, <laughs> after 300 episodes, we're finally getting to the thing about chimps. And this is something that I just learned this year: chimps. You can t- you can teach them how to smoke cigarettes, okay? Uh-huh. But then you don't have to. But try and get them. To stop. <laughs> well, but the but the, and then you can and then <laughs> and then you can get them to do anything because the trick is. They don't have the right thumbs to light a lighter, mm. so they need you to light that cigarette. Oh. So it's not that they're trained to smoke cigarettes; it's that you can train them to do anything else I'm you want. So uh, as long as you keep supplying them I'm with sure smokes. Sorry for laughing because that's one of the worst things I've ever heard. Oh, it's terrible, <laughs> but almost as terrible as learning that all the first order stormtroopers who are massacred en masse are were kidnapped as children <laughs> yeah. and abused Child and forced to become stormtroopers. Yeah, I mean the most like it's so crazy that he. <laughs> That J.J. Abrams, who wrote the, who put together the first movie and then is doing the final movie, that he introduced a he introduced Finn, who is a like a stormtrooper who we find out is like enslaved and forced to become a stormtrooper, like a child soldier. Yeah, and he breaks himself free, and his arc was not to liberate them in like a revolution. It's for him to go and blow them all up. <laughs> yeah, and well, that's. The uh, I mean this the story for this was also partly based on the Colin Trevorrow movie that didn't get made it seems and as we know from the book of Henry he has some interesting ideas about childhood <laughs> and like how children are supposed to be done anything with but the, also just that like it puts such a weird cast on the movie and again jumping ahead that the main character is struggling with whether or not to kill the evilest man in the universe uh-huh. who can shoot. Spaceship destroying lightning out of his hands. Yeah. But, he, that's but crazy. What was to, going on there? But people who were forced to become soldiers, it's like kill them all, just kill them all, wipe them out, exterminate them. Like it made me really like feel gross about Star Wars in general. But okay, but like, wait. how was he shooting so much lightning? Was it because he was hooked up he to drained, that Hellraiser two? Because no, he, he drained, drained the power of the dyad. Of because the... Kylo Ren and Ray have a special friendship. Oh yeah. They're the way when you're when you they have, have a special gr- relationship like we do with Great Britain. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and he trains that. So anyway, here's the here's the plot very quickly. The Emperor's back. How'd he do it? He's got magic powers. He just did it. He's got a planet of Sith that just sit around in cloaks in a stadium waiting for him to become all-powerful. <laughs> and he's attached to, like, a big metal gantry like Cameron Hodge in Genosha. But the thing is, like, yep. it's, like the weight means that it's going to be so good when something happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tantric worship, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, the, and he tells Kylo Ren, hey... I want you to bring Ray to me. Ha ha ha. There's there's a secret. Blah blah blah. And instantly you're like, oh, is he like her dad or a grandpa or something? Because that would be dumb. But I guess that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, to find this secret Sith planet, you need a wayfinder, which is 
a magic Triforce type of triangle. Uh-huh. So the heroes of the movie have to find this Wayfinder, which means finding a magic dagger, which means finding, so they can find the, which has inscribed on it the information where the Wayfinder is, and then they Did find the Wayfinder. Did you gloss over the part where uh, Ray uses her magic powers to heal the angry snake? No, well, because to get the dagger, they've got to go to a desert planet that is not Tatooine or Jakku. It's mm-hmm. a different desert planet okay. where there is some kind of Burning Man alien worship ceremony, uh-huh. which was... One of the few things in the movie was like, okay, this is great. This is something I've never seen in Star Wars before. Uh-huh. And they leave it very quickly uh, after a little girl gives Ray a lay and asks her her family name, and she says, oh, I don't have one. I was really hoping that little girl was going to ask for money. <laughs> and Ray then heals a sandworm that is uh, wounded. And I was Wait, like, were okay. there already? I spaced out all of a sudden. Well, we, we're in the middle of the movie. We skipped a lot. But, <laughs> I, but the reason I like the sandworm was like, oh, they did manage to get some Dune in this Star Wars. She's, she should be riding that well, sandworm. Like, I mean, also, Poe used to be a spice trader, apparently. Well, but they're all spice traders. Like, Han was a spice. That was the whole thing that got him in trouble with Jabba, was he dumped a shipment of spice, right? Mm-hmm. Was it specifically spice? I thought they just talked about, like, you know, Jabba doesn't have time for someone who dumps his cargo at the first sign of... Maybe it was in an extend, alternate, It was in an expanded universe that they called it could spice. Could be. Maybe it was subscriptions to the Spice Network. I don't oh, know. Oh, boy. Anyway, so... That uh, is important to the universe. The thing is, I didn't take notes while watching this movie because I just watched it for funzos. Yeah, sure. So it's going to be this... Oh, also... Uh, this is a general, classic Flophouse uh, screw-around. Yeah, General <laughs> so, General Princess Leia has uh-huh. also, also tells Ray <laughs> with some very generic d- lines of dialogue that were clearly recorded before Carrie Fisher died yeah. and were then inserted into the movie that she needs to go off and do her thing. Yeah. Like, it's all... I was easier on the movie than I think either of you, but this was, like, the first huge warning sign to me. <laughs> Just, like, having Carrie Fisher stand around, like, obviously superimposed, saying, like whatever loose lines they had and like okay let's write around these it really shows you how much star wars dialogue out of context is just like generic random gibberish Mm -hmm. like that you could take yoda saying you know do or do not there is no try and insert it into any scene and it like you're like oh yeah a lot of the force philosophy stuff is just kind of like listeners go ahead and do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) just dialogue and insert it into any scene scene from any movie i would love to see so oh so i'll i'll try to go so general leia is like you gotta find. There's, we also have a spy. You got that, a friend in me. We have a, there's a spy. <laughs> then she says, "Randy Newman medley," which is, I mean, fine. I, I guess. I mean, most of it's pretty good. I think short people didn't age well, even if it was a joke at the time. Yeah, I mean, even I love L.A. because L.A. has changed quite so yeah. much over the oh, the period. So yeah, you don't know if the, he still loves L.A. or if that relationship's mm-hmm. cooled a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, uh, but there's a spy in the First Order who's telling them all this stuff. The Emperor's. I back. wonder who it could be. Is it the Emperor? Is it Kylo Ren? Who knows? <laughs> is it? It has to be one of the three speaking characters. Mm-hmm. So it's either the Emperor, Kylo Ren, Hux, or, or, well, or Richard E. Grant yeah, as new Grant. bad guy who's always been there. And yeah. the Emperor's like, oh, I've always been around. Snoke was just my puppet. And I'm like, well, Snoke was less a puppet than a crappy CGI effect. So I did think it, like, not again, crappy, we I should say. leaping back and forth, but Andy Serkis is listening right now. He's super mad at you. And the performance is not the problem with Snoke. The problem is that there was no reason for that to be a CGI character in the first place. Well, but that's I, arguably true. I also... Except his face was really gross, <laughs> right? That's the You're thing. Because right, there's never been a gross character with practical effects. You can see the effects. inside Here's... part, even though you're looking at the outside Here's like the he's thing. Jonah Hex. Here's the thing, like... Okay, you... defend Snoke. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to... I'm just going to say, like, the... So, obviously, we're in Star Wars. Uh, yeah, obviously. World full of, world full of a myriad... A galaxy. <laughs> a galaxy. Galaxy full of 
great crazy aliens, interesting yeah, stuff cr- to see. Cr- Craylians, we call them. Crazy aliens. <laughs> Crayola cr- craylians. Craisins, raisins that are <laughs> They have raisins, craisins, raisinets. But, mm-hmm. but the thing is, like, you got these great aliens, right? And But, like, Palpatine is not yeah, one of them. Yeah, craylians, we call them. Great Pal- aliens. Palpatine looks like... An Earthling, even though he comes from whatever planet. Palpatine looks like the he's, Elephant Man got a little bit of work done. Well, no, mm-hmm. but he's like, he's like a normal. <laughs> Not all the work done. He's a normal man who, like Dorian Gray style, has gotten super like gross because he's evil, right? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure because Mace Windu reflected his force lightning into his face, and that's when his face got all wacky. <laughs> that was one of the funnier parts of the prequels to me, where they're like, "Wait, you feel like you have to explain how he got old?" <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> that it wasn't the ravages of time. Oh, man, but I just think it's funny. That's, that's a good one. When they like when they reveal that Snoke is a puppet, like it's like, and then later on on the planet, there's like these tubes full of like, like clone Snoke clones. Snokes, like we're at the end of Alien Resurrection, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, that's fun because it reminds me of how weird Alien Resurrection was. But like, why is Palpatine like cloning this made up Snoke character <laughs> as like a non like this other alien who's not doesn't look like him? I don't know. It was, very confusing to me. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't. It's because it's dumb. Bring Palpatine back's dumb. It's <laughs> Since a dumb Palpatine idea. could essentially be just Snoke, could have just been Palpatine with his cloak off. Yes. And like, why? Well, or normal looking Palpatine. No one would be, like if he was like normal. How pre, many like, people weird saw Palpatine. the Emperor? Was he appearing in ads? They didn't even say his name was Palpatine in the original three movies. Yeah, because he was, you know, because it's a dumb name. So anyway, uh, they certainly don't call him Sheev at any point. <laughs> Which is his first name. <laughs> well, th- also the revelation later Only on that the, re- <laughs> the revelation that Palpatine had a family, which is also kind of crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, so uh, so this spy is telling them that Palpatine's back somehow, as Poe says to the rebels, Palpatine's back somehow. <laughs> and the uh, Palpatine's back, all right, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, we've got to rock your body. Palpatine's back. Uh, so. They, they're going to go on a quest. Who's going to go on this mission? Oh, all our favorite heroes. Poe, Ray, Finn, C-3PO, Chewbacca. Not so fast, R2-D2. Yes, you're <laughs> arguably the most lovable character in the entire series. Uh-huh. But it's time for BB-8 to get in. I did feel kind of like... <laughs> This was like, okay, this is another Grover Elmo situation. Exactly my thought. I was when, yeah. when, I, when you're when you're old enough and you're like, what the fuck's with all this Elmo stuff? <laughs> Grover's the star who's or like And they're like, well, and somebody needs to take care of R2D2. Rose, you stay back. <laughs> Rose, arguably the second most interesting character from the new movies. You stay over here. First most interesting character, of course, being that chimp blacksmith that we see in the beginning yeah. fixing Kylo Ren's helmet. But they, like that uh it was or in the Muppets. We're at the end. What's his name? Walter? Yes. Gets, Walter, the, freeze gets the freeze frame. frame and and you're like, like, wait, Kermit's been here the whole fucking time. <laughs> the glue that holds the Muppets together. Which also means that later... I, it, you know, if I was ever responsible for this sort of thing, I don't think I would ever leave Dan alone in a room with Walter. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you just hear bang and you run in and Dan is shoving a gun into Walter's hand and going, I don't know, he said something about not being worthy and he just shot himself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, why are there powder burns on your hands? Oh, well, I was wrestling with him with the gun to try to get him to stop. Why is there a knife in his back also with your fingerprints on it? Why does uh, the handle of the gun have a monogram, the real McCoy written on it? It's okay, we can we can restuff him. No, I threw the stuffing down the, the toilet. <laughs> it was what he wanted. In his last moments, he told me that was his last wish. Because <laughs> that's the magic element that brings them up into life, is the yeah. stuffing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... They they're gonna go on this, but it, I was that was the when it was I, when the emperor emperor turned back I was like came back I was like 
All right. Well, I'm not crazy about that. But when I really turned on the movie was when they said, R2-D2. Uh, <laughs> not so fast, not buddy. Not for you, buddy. Yeah. And it was like, did, did Kenny Baker ask for too much money? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> so they're going to go on this mission. And the fact that Chewbacca's with them means that later on... I feel, wait, like, wait, hold on. I feel like most likely what happened is that one commenter on Reddit was like, mm, I don't like R2-D2 anymore. <laughs> and JJ's like, okay, okay, anything. Maybe as the most beloved character... R2 is the designated survivor. <laughs> okay, that's, oh, that's fair. Yeah, they're all, yeah. they're like, location. no, R2, yeah. you need to stay here for future Star Wars adventures. That's Should also, we not that, come back? That's also why when they finally reveal his voice, it's Kiefer Sutherland, right? <laughs> yeah. Who is the most lovable lost voice. <laughs> Certainly the most lovable Sutherland. Survivor. Donald, I respect you more. Mm-hmm. But you're hard to love. You're a little cold. <laughs> Uh, so they go to uh, Pasana. That's the that's the, pr- the planet where there's a big like Burning Man party, uh-huh. and they they are uh oh some stormtroopers find them, but th- one of the stormtroopers gets shot with a crossbow bolt. Who could it be? A masked stranger who turns out to be it's our old buddy Lando. Uh-huh. And I'm just gonna say this: it was exciting to see Billy D. Williams again, but uh-huh. he is an old man, and yeah. so there's something about having all these older characters coming back. And there's a part at the end where I think Wedge shows up again in a, uh-huh. in a fighter jet. And I was like, these guys are a little, a little old to be. In a, in a real world, they would yeah. not be on the front lines of this galactic battle. Now, a little peek behind the scenes. Uh-huh, yeah. This was the point of now, the you movie. Were on the scene, you were on the set when they shot these yeah, scenes. Right? I was on the set. <laughs> yeah. And Billy D. Williams was a perfect gentleman I to mean, me. he seems to be a delight, a treasure. Mm-hmm. I love his work. Like, he's great. And when he's in the movie, it's like, I love having him around in the movie, but I kept thinking, "Oh, this isn't Lando. This is Billy D. Williams." Like, okay, so but the same no. way as when I went spoiler alert, Han Solo is appears in a scene, and I was like, "This is Harrison Ford. This is not Han Solo." That's true. Like they didn't feel like characters to me. Uh, no, I just wanted to say, like behind the scenes of me watching this, this <laughs> oh, was the okay. this, so not really behind the scenes. This was in front of the screen. <laughs> this was the moment that I had picked to run to the restroom. And when I came back... Because uh, you've been eating a chalupa during the first part of the movie. <laughs> uh, when I came back, my girlfriend, who who has said, like, I... Just a moment. I, Stop like, mentioning me on the podcast. No, she, she said... <laughs> no, she said... Uh, she was like, Harvey Dent showed up for some reason? <laughs> no, no. I Like, this is... This is a side thing. I'm going to just call her by her name, which is Audrey from now on, because she's like, you can use my name on the podcast. Originally, mm-hmm. she was like, maybe some private, privacy. And now well, she's she, like... She said to you, call me by your name. And you were like, Dan? They're not going to know if I'm talking about me or you. Well, we both realized that me like referring That's to my girlfriend... That's a pretty topical joke, Ellie. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. pretty good. <laughs> He's only had one movie since then, right? I mean, the author's <laughs> only wrote a sequel since then. Yeah. It was more that at age 41, me referring to my girlfriend made it sound like I was a high schooler pretending I had a girlfriend. <laughs> it, made, it was a lot like when Uncle Owen in... Star Wars episode to attack the clones <laughs> like hey this is my girlfriend Baru and you're like what the fuck so girlfriend is the, is the, is the way you describe the, it the point is so I come back from uh, the, the the bathroom and I see that uh, that Lando is on screen and I'm like and she's like you missed it and, and I'm like oh you'll explain later and then, and then I ask oh after the movie I'm like oh what happened when uh, Lando showed up and she's like eh you didn't miss anything <laughs> <laughs> not really uh, so you saw in the theaters I did see it in the theater. I watched the, I did, did not get to see it in the theaters uh, due to various holiday scheduling uh, difficulties. But luckily, as a Writers Guild Awards voter, I received a digital screener that was mm. watermarked just for me. 
which meant my name, Elliot Kalen, was burned into the screen the entirety oh, of the movie. Oh, cool. So, sort of like you were in Star Wars. Finally, I was living my dream of being in Star Wars, but it had to be this Star Wars? Anyway. So, it was a monkey's paw situation. So, uh, again, if it was the monkey's paw, by which I mean the chimp that was yeah, wielding that The monkey that reforged that, that piece of merch. The great ape's paw. <laughs> so, uh, Lando saves them and is like, Hey, the Wayfinder's probably over there. Oh, not the Wayfinder. The Wayfinder's probably at this place. You need to find this uh, this knife that belonged to an assassin named Ochi, right? Uh, and we're, you're, here's his ship and his droid. And what was the droid's name? The droid is like, it's like a traffic cone on a pole on top of a ball. Or like a wheel. Let's just call it Luxo Jr. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feel like it wandered out of a Pixar short. And I, the whole time I was like, this droid is weird. Like, I don't understand the purpose. And I kept waiting for the moment when this droid would like have a plot purpose. Mm-hmm. Like it would reveal a piece of information or it would save someone at the last minute or it would kill like someone at the last minute. It had minute. a plot purpose eventually. What? I don't remember. Like, like it had like the knowledge of a thing, right? Like it was like, oh, it, it knew where the thing was. I forget. Like the plot hmm. is so many MacGuffins. Like we said earlier, it's like we lead to one thing. Oh, wait, we need another thing. Now we need a third thing. But yeah. like there was a point where like, oh, we don't know where whoever is and the oh that's right and the droid and he's was like, like we got to talk to this droid uh, i think he's just got something important to say so like, this is right around where like they they sink in the quicksand and and finn's like hey ray i gotta tell you something Oop. yeah and then uh we never find out what that is and no then, and i don't know if it, she I, battles some first order dudes yeah. and then oh and she saves that sandworm she mm-hmm. heals there's a wounded sandworm now, that looks like it's gonna attack her attack them but she uses the force and this is important we learn the Force can heal people. Uh-huh. Hold on. Hold I mean, I learned that the day before I watched it when I was watching The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda <laughs> used the same power. That's, well, I haven't seen The Mandalorian yet. But that's, that's why they released that episode early, so fans uh, wouldn't be like, this is bullshit. So the healing stuff is important to the plot, but I do also want to get into like a little bit of the background. The, of the uh, sandworm? No, of the, like, I need they to tell you. They make spice. I need to tell you something. Thing. Okay. Is this a real background of the movie? This or is, is real this background. When you were watching the movie? Because, like, okay, on the internet, <laughs> if you look into this thing. Uh, like on Wikipedia, Twitter? On Wikipedia. Or? Well, Twitter. Uh, they. What about Cookiepedia? Cookiepedia <laughs> is about how cookies are now a sometimes food. <laughs> oh, man. Just, just bring the bottle over here, Stuart. And maybe, like, a, a, a bowl of ice. <laughs> That's what just we need to, to get through in? this. Yeah, just to... <laughs> no, um, what were we talking about? Oh, So we're talking about Re- Finn is like, Ray, I got to tell you something, Ray, Ray, and then get swallowed up by quicksand. So like, there's a lot of discussion about what this is on the internet, and people are like, oh, you know, he was going to say he loves her, which is the most obvious like interpretation of what's going on, and maybe a thing that you would say when you're dying. But... According to the internet, some fan <laughs> talked to J.J. Abrams at a thing, and J.J. was like, no, no, I, he was going to say that he's Force-sensitive, which to me yeah. would be the weirdest fucking thing to say while you were dying in quicksand. <laughs> Ray, Ray, before we die, I just need you to know, just so you know I also have the Force. <laughs> and, then they get, and then they get pulled into quicksand. Yeah, so I that's... Think- Crazy. I think. I mean, that actually was my guess that that's what he was going to say. That like I can well, do. I, I can do that. I, I corked it again. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but so, so we realize that he's not nearly as special as she is because in a second she gets in a what a tug of war with a uh, transport ship with, with Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. So Kylo Ren has arrived there with his 
his bad his special select group of baddies who mm-hmm. we never really see them do much. The of Knights of Ren, which they like, especially after the Last Jedi, where we had those throne room dudes oh, who was were amazing. fucking cool. That was great. Uh, these guys are just like some jokers with like shovels and axes and stuff. They just kind of loom around and they keep showing up in the background to be a threat. But we never and they show up and they're chasing after and. Ray and Kylo Ren have the first of several fights during the movie. And in this one, there's a transport ship that has Chewbacca with this magic dagger that has the information of where the Wayfinder is. Uh-huh, yeah. And that and it's written in Sith. And C-3PO understands Sith, but he has been programmed never to translate it because it's an evil right. language. So they need the dagger and they need Chewbacca. They need the dagger because of the information. And they, they need, need Chewbacca because the... he's great. And then they need to get the galaxy's greatest hacker to hack that information on a C-3PO's Wait, wait, we haven't noggin. got there yet. We haven't got he has there to yet. hack the planet? <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind well, of. <laughs> I mean, in that every droid's soul is its own planet. Okay. Uh, when, you, and when you kill a droid, you kill a world. But... Uh, they're fighting over this transport ship using the Force. So happy and, to see DJ Qualls show up later on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and Ray, uh, and Ray, the dark side of her gets out of control and shoots out uh-huh. a light, an Emperor style lightning bolt at this transport ship and blows it up. Yeah. And everyone's like, "No, Chewbacca, you killed him." Next scene, Chewbacca's fine. He was on a different ship. What? Like, yeah, what? there was a brief moment where I was like, "I was not expecting this to happen." And then they, yeah. <laughs> she, those hopes were like, dashed. It would have been a genuinely shocking death for Chewbacca. It would be a genuinely traumatic moment for her that because the dark side of her came out and uh-huh. she lost control, she killed a friend. Yeah, someone who is who has been a the heart, one of the hearts of the rebellion for years. Mm-hmm. But instead, they're like. Tricked you, and then later on, she's like, Chewbacca's okay. And they're like, how do you know? She goes, she, he must have been in a different transport ship. And I was like, then why did you think he was in that transport <laughs> ship? Like, what was the point yeah. of all that? But mm-hmm. also, she doesn't really give a shit about the real the other people she killed also, on that transport ship. Also, it was kind of like, like the stormtroopers were like, okay, Ray's looking the other direction for a second. Let's hustle Chewbacca over to this other ship. <laughs> they're like, they're like, trick her. Kylo Ren's like, that's how I have a little bit of the old misdirection. <laughs> and then suddenly he has a card in his hand. He puts his hand down. Yeah, he has yeah. a rabbit in the other hand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you guys are on decoy duty. Like, uh, wait a minute. I don't want to be on decoy duty. <laughs> they had, what they saw was Don King in a huge fur coat being hustled into the transport ship. They thought it was Chewbacca. Anyway, uh, they... They have to go and rescue uh, Chewbacca and uh, event. Oh no! First, they go to Kajimi, which mm-hmm. is a planet we've Kathy never. Kathy They go to the planet <laughs> Kathy Najimi, and and they're like, "You're so great! You were so great in King of the Hill. You're so great in the Sister Act movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, you're just a uh, you're just a treasure." And she's like, "Oh, thank you. Well, I'm just a modest person. You know, I I don't I don't deal with praise well." And they're like, "But Kathy Najimi, no, you are really great." And she's like, "I told you I don't deal with praise <laughs> wow. well." And she just bang, starts bang. <laughs> just. I was just saying, gonna say swinging fists, but yeah. I guess yeah. I mean, everyone in this movie. Someone on Twitter pointed out to me that uh, the. Stormtroopers frequently give the heroes a chance to surrender, and the heroes kill at first sight when they see stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. That like everyone's first instinct in this movie, if you're a hero, is to shoot immediately and just murder your way through the galaxy. But uh, they go to Kajimi, which is to, because there's even, someone. Even when they find that wounded sandworm, I think Finn's like, "Kill that fucking thing!" Right? <laughs> they are bloodthirsty. Uh, Poe is like, "We got to go find the best hacker in the universe." He's on Kajimi, mm-hmm. yep. but uh oh, I have some bad blood for me on Kajimi. And of course they run into the one person that he has a bad experience with. Yep. And that's played by uh, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell in a almost entirely masked performance, which I means I think it's just her voice. Yeah, it is her voice. Well, she pulls her visor up at a second. Like I was like, I know that voice. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Who is it? And then she put her visor up, and I saw her impeccable eye makeup. I'm like, uh-huh. that's Ms. Carrie Russell. And then and then Dan looked at both his hands, and he's like, this movie has 
two carries in that? <laughs> I mean, also, you know, it's a J.J. Abrams movie, yeah. so him having Carrie Russell makes perfect sense. And I'm not saying she's not wonderful. I love Carrie Russell. Yeah, I was she's happy great. to see her. But, but I thought that... You wouldn't be like, uh, she's a great, wonderful actress. Let's stick a helmet on her the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this character is, of course, uh, named Zori Bliss, uh-huh. because why not? And they... This this character does not need to exist. There is no reason. I thought this character, I thought this character and I saw, <laughs> saw saw cats yesterday, so I think that I am particularly in the right mood to find funny names, <laughs> even funnier. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I this could just be based on speculation I've read on the internet, but it seems like this character was in, introduced mainly to give a hint of a heterosexual love interest for Poe. Uh, to to take the fan uh, assumption that Poe uh, po and Finn, or Foe, as I just called them. Uh, <laughs> After their favorite the, uh, form as, of, of beef soup. Uh, as being the ideal uh, romantic relationship. Now, all they could have had is just them not kiss Poe and Finn. Uh-huh. And that would have been fine. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And allow the people who would like to maybe see the representation of a gay re- relationship have that headcanon if they like to. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, they could still have it. Poe could easily be bi, or you know, or you know, Carrie Russell could be his beard. That's there's always that chance. That's true. I mean, she, in a way, she I mean, was she a beard. wears a helmet. She. I mean, I guess we don't know if she has a beard. Look, she was on The Americans, home of lots of wigs and beards. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I have to assume she's familiar with that beards was the and wigs. Slogan. The American <laughs> homes of wigs and beards. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, what's that show about? I'm like, you should see it. It's about the craziest wigs and the craziest beards. Uh, they, so they're going to go and do this thing. Meanwhile, Kylo Ren and Rey, we've established they can talk to each other yeah. through the Force throughout the universe. We, we didn't mention, there is a character that I like in this movie a lot. He's introduced in this scene. His name's Babu Frick. He's a tiny little hacker. <laughs> He's a tiny hacker who sometimes speaks in a crazy alien language and sometimes just speaks with a heavy accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's pretty fun. No, no, he's Bob got giant hands. My second favorite new character after Blacksmith Chip. Uh huh. Because he he also like exists in a uh, like there's no subtext. Babu Frick, like he's just he's all in. That's yeah, what's great about <laughs> also, it. And later on, Zori shows up as part of this giant fleet of uh, volunteer fighters, and Babu just pops up in a cockpit and is like, "Hey, hey, <laughs> so are you not strapped in?" <laughs> so when she does turns and barrel rolls, are you just like, flying around the cockpit, you know, slamming into instruments? He's like a little ghouly, though. <laughs> he is. But he's gonna pop up out of a toilet. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm sure when the the creature design team got together, they're like, "Give me ninety percent more ghoulies." So, and Stuart, what is it about Babu Freak that that you particularly like? Well, I like paint the, us a word. Poem. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, making a character small and weird is always best. And he wears like a little hat. And, <laughs> Uh, no, he doesn't have a shirt, though, right? He doesn't have a shirt, and he's uh, everybody is really impressed with him, but they're also annoyed by him. <laughs> yeah. He seems like an old pro, too. Like, you know, he'll get the job done, but you might get a little irritated. But, but... Yeah, there's a lot of mud on those tires, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's I got mean, a little bit of, he's a little bit like Yoda that way. Uh-huh. It's like, he's the best, which means he's allowed to be eccentric, but there's also a little bit of battle toad in his visual, and I like that, too. <laughs> he's also kind of like, a little bit like the IT guy, who's a little annoyed at you that you don't understand the technology as well as he does. That's Fair. Yeah, That's there, fair. I mean, there was a brief moment when I was watching a Star War and I saw a character <laughs> that wasn't Baby Yoda, and I was like, I like that character. I want, I want to say here though, but this connection between uh, Ray and uh, Kylo Ren, this like, there's a lot of the Last Jedi erasure in this movie that's much more egregious than this. But yeah. I did watch that part where they're like connected and like talking to each other, and I'm like, okay, wait, hold on. I thought in the Last Jedi. 
the fact they had a connection was just something Snoke was doing to make like to fool them into thinking like, like to like bring her to him that like she, yeah. he might be redeemed or whatever. And this movie is like no 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 they really have not like, only the do they really connection. have that they can also transport objects through this force connection, yes. which I thought was pretty. It was like as long as I don't try to think about the science of it, I thought it was a really cool thing. Like, yeah, and I they it was use kind it of fun in, where they, they're like having fights and they're like yeah, shipping. and they use it in neat ways. Like he knows yeah. she's in his office because that Darth Vader helmet shows up, or like the first time that happens, he snatches the flower necklace from around her neck, and she's like, "Huh, what?" That's like, why that girl gave it to her. Yeah, that's the only reason is to establish that that physical connection. Uh-huh. But like, so I thought that was kind of a neat thing, but it also means that like. Apparently, anyone with the Force can talk to anybody. Because later on, Princess Leia is like, "Hold on, let me send a telegram to my son Kylo." <laughs> well, beep, 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 beep. Speaking <laughs> of that, like uh, later on, when like Luke does like a major thing with the Force that affects like the real like living human world, like granted, the seeds for that was were planted by Yoda in the Last Jedi movie. I like a lot more than this one, but I am kind of like, okay, so ghost Jedi's can do anything normal Jedi's can do. And they're just kind of hanging out in the ghost dimension, being like, you guys take care of it yourselves. <laughs> you why ghost Luke didn't just Dr. show Strange up. Strange in the ghost dimension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That ghost Luke didn't just show up at Emperor Palpatine's house and like smother him with a pillow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just like unplug his little machine. <laughs> yeah, come in. The, you know, and the, and the thing that ghost Luke does is he just raises his old X-Wing out of the water yeah. and you're like... Finally, dude, I've been waiting for you to be able to do that forever. <laughs> you that was Dagobah, man. It was like, I couldn't do this till I was dead. Then I really figured out how to lift X-Wings with I the mean, I, Like, the funny thing is, like, yeah, sure, like, that's a, like, kind of, like, I guess a fun payoff for Empire, but I, all I could think of was, like, that fucking thing's been down there for 30 years, dude. Like, it's not going to fly anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is... If that's the thing you're picking apart in the movie, <laughs> then maybe Star Wars is not for you. Yeah. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. <laughs> Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My Uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. A new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for maximum fun. One, two, one, two, three, five. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors and... Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor and I'm a medical enthusiast and we create Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. Now, lately we do a lot of modern fake medicine because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday right here on MaximumFun.org as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine and remember don't drill a hole in your head i mean this is a movie where they tried to hide a man from the most evil most powerful man in the universe and didn't bother to change the baby's last name <laughs> and they took him to his wait they took him to so let's so 
you're an evil you're an evil man. Uh-huh. And yeah. They want to hide your baby from you. Uh-huh. They take you to your family's house on your home planet, yeah. and they don't change the last name. Let's just, they are <laughs> fools in the Star Wars universe. Let's just call this the X-Wing that broke the camel's back. All right. I mean, you, to be fair, if you put an X-Wing on a camel's back, that camel's back is breaking. I was rolling <laughs> They with, may be the ships of the desert, but they cannot hold a spaceship. I was rolling with so much of this movie, and then you, like, raised the X-Wing out of the water, and I went... <laughs> and like, and put my hands up, and Audrey's like, "What?" I'm like, "You, you, you know put, what?" Well, you put your hands up because they were playing your song, and the butterflies yeah. flew away. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, because it was a party in the USA mm-hmm. yeah. on that weird, what's that planet where Luke was just living, tended by those nuns, and he would just oh, drink, and he was drinking titty milk, drinking Dr. I mean, Seuss milk. It wasn't a whole planet; it was like on a specific island. Uh, where... The island was on a planet, dude. No, I know. <laughs> like Dan, I, the island was not floating in space. Like the little prince was living there with his one chair. No, I get it. This yeah. islander, or like, uh, <laughs> like Thanos's weird, uh, like meteorite in the uh, where he just has his gauntlet. floating throne. Yeah. So okay, they have to get the information from C three PO's mind. To do it, they have to wipe his memory, mm-hmm. and that was a genuinely affecting moment where he's like, "Oh, he's giving this up." This is the first time C three PO has been like, "I'm going to make the choice to really sacrifice myself." For uh-huh. the for the rebellion again, this would have been a really fitting and kind of surprising death for a main character. Don't worry, R two just put, brings it back later, and it's mm-hmm. totally cool. But didn't uh, didn't yeah, see three reveals in the cloud. Didn't he get his memory wiped uh, at the end of Revenge of the Sith as well? So yes, he he doesn't remember the details of Anakin's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because the wedding was such a debacle. Oh god, <laughs> god, guys, this is this is a total like side thing, but I have to tell you, uh, we watched this uh, Christmas Netflix movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, Emmett Otter. I was on like Hulu or yeah, something. Was actually, it was like it was called Correcting Christmas or something. It was like a sliding door scenario where like she goes back in time to like to pre- save Jesus. She goes back in time <laughs> to the previous Christmas where she like had broken up with her old like uh, like fiance. Okay. Or or uh, how, she broke up with her how, old boyfriend. How be- old was he? Okay. <laughs> she broke up. It with, was the Anna Nicole Smith story. She, so he was very old. She broke up with her previous. Boyfriend, sorry, because she thought he was going to propose on Christmas, and he didn't. And then she regretted it, so she went back. But she learned, obviously, she was supposed to be with her best friend the whole time. Oh. But the hilarious thing is... A lie that has ruined the friendships of many young men and girls. Because the men assume that the girl will eventually become their lover. But the whole point of all this is, like... The movie does one of those like flash forward things where like okay the mystical stuff is done we're in the present day again and now like the two of them are like married and this is revealed by the guy being like oh you left your ring by the sink I want you to put it on because I don't like all those guys hitting on you and Audrey's like they took her back and they didn't get to see the proposal <laughs> like the fucking like. <laughs> fairy godmother character like mm-hmm. skipped over that part she doesn't get to have her proposal what the fuck yeah and this, this is like a romance movie that's the only reason these movies exist is for like the climactic mm-hmm. like they come they're like finally it's, together it's as true as it is relevant to our discussion of star wars <laughs> okay. the rise of skywalker it's similar to how uh it's similar to how my wife recently read a uh, a thriller and part of the mystery or thriller hinged on the idea of one woman letting another woman borrow her mascara <laughs> and she was like that would never happen <laughs> adults don't do that <laughs> 
It goes in your eyeball. <laughs> so, uh, make a long story short, Ray, uh, Kylo tells Rey the truth. You're a Palpatine. You're the granddaughter of the Emperor. And she's like, ew, so the Emperor had sex with somebody and had a baby? And we're like, yeah, we don't want to think about it either. I mean, like, how long ago was that, though? I mean, it would have so been when he was a like, senator, probably. She, she was like, she's what, like 25? I have no idea. And her parents were I mean, like, Luke is supposed say to be 25. Luke so that's is... like 50 years ago. Yeah. So that's about when Yoda and Yaddle were presumably having sex to create baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Possibly. I mean, I don't want to I think about that once either. Once again, I haven't read, read Wikipedia. Have you, Dan? Do you so, know? So when Yoda has <laughs> like sex... Front is, to back? Or? Is, is, Yoda's, <laughs> is Yoda's sex talking that same always... backward syntax or no? Uh... What? Like, is he like, coming I am? <laughs> cool, yeah, yeah, that's how, uh, yeah. No, weirdly enough, when he does, di- like, when he does like, dirty like, talk, like... that shit goes by the wayside, and he is all business. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like, right there, touch me. He's like, I'm not fucking around. It's time for bad Yoda to come out. Yeah. Okay, so is this how baby Yoda he's super into. Or... I haven't watched the rest of. It. <laughs> no, I don't like that. I Stuart, watched... I don't like that at all. Well, you don't, I don't do like it, it as to a the joke. windpipe. You do it to the sides of the neck. No, I don't like it. It's, <laughs> it's not okay. It's all consensual. No, no. I, don't I mean, this you're... brings back something that I think I mentioned a lo- years ago in this podcast, which is the idea of having a, a, a having a, a significant other who's a Jedi, and they give you a force job, even in public, even mm-hmm. if you're across the room, then you, they can pleasure you because no one knows. They're just moving their hands. <laughs> so yeah, anyway. it's like if Garth Ennis wrote a fucking Star Wars. <laughs> so okay, uh, the the whole they the, em- the emperor wants Ray for some reason we don't know. Mm-hmm. It turns out that General Hux is the mole in the first order, and he helps save Poe and Finn and Chewbacca. And he's like, "I'm the spy," and they shoot him in the knee, and he gets caught almost instantly and is executed for treason. Uh huh. Which, while yeah, I guess that was kind of funny how he got blasted across the room, and it was a surprise. Once again, this is another character that I felt like was given short shrift, like. Hux was one of the more fun parts of the last movie, and, and in the in the in the Force Awakens, he's being built up as the bad guy. You know, and him and Kylo like, Ren are the two du- bad dudes. I mean, what a yeah, two what bad a fucking dudes. good actor too. That guy, like every different movie, I'm like, it's the same man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he's standing right next to Adam Driver, who I guess yeah. is the best actor of his generation. I mean, right? to be honest, this this movie has. It has them. It has Richard E. Grant. Like, there's a lot of really great actors. Ian McDermott. I mean, I look Daisy Ridley. Like, this might not be our best Star Wars movie, but she's amazing. Like, she does something that actors are great. She does something that makes sense, but I thought was really funny. Which she has a lot of like athlete motions. So like, there's a part where she's got to run into the ocean or something, Mm -hmm. and she's like, (laughs) and she goes like. Like reads out and shakes her head the way that like an athlete does before they runs, and then later on she like is lightsabering and she her wrist hurts a little bit and she has this like ah look on her face that tennis players get sometimes mm-hmm. and I was like it is a totally valid choice as a performance I also think it's kind of funny that she's playing Rey as like a Jedi athlete but I think yeah. like that's not something I had not seen before with these characters like mm-hmm. that was a neat way to do it long story short they go to the planet where the Death Star crashed. There's a whole tribe of ex-stormtroopers there who ride around on alien horses. They have no personalities whatsoever. Uh, Finn instantly becomes best friends with one who I'm learning the name of is named Janna. I did not know her name during the movie. And it feels like they the movie rode off Rose so they could give, at least to me, felt like they could give Finn a new sexier love interest. Maybe. Like one yeah. that is dressed at least more scantily. Well, and I don't want to like... <sighs> Look, this is 
these are are uh, murky waters, and I don't want to like call anyone out unnecessarily. I don't want to say anything weird, but it did like I did feel weird watching mm-hmm. it, where they're just like, no, 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 thin. Like, let's give you a black love interest. No, no. I mean that that did strike me too that it, that it was eventually that it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we have to pair him up with a black character. Yeah. Because it's and it but was there weird. But at the same time, though, there was something genuinely exciting to me at the end where. Land spoiler we're what spoiling everything. Lando in the is flying the Millennium Falcon and he saves the two of them and they're all together. Somehow they're gripping the top of the Millennium Falcon as it swoops and dives yeah. through that space. Where I yep. was like, This ship has only black characters on it. And it is really exciting to me that this scene is all black characters. So there's a thin line between it feeling like tokenism where you have to line up black people with yeah. black people and yeah. it being exciting that it's like okay there's more people of color in Star no, Wars that's all fair. it's not just Lando and it's not just Ula those are not the only two people and Max Rebo those are not the only characters of color <laughs> okay, in the Star Wars realize, universe but... now you know blue green and so forth but uh, so it's like so it, but it felt weird at the, at the moment until that moment it felt weird to me that it was like yeah uh, that, that they were doing that but anyway long story short they go to the Death Star guess what uh, Ray sees herself as a Sith and has a fight with herself. It, and Sith version has like cool, scary teeth, right? Cool, scary, sharp teeth and a double-headed lightsaber that she can also separate out, which was explained to me today by a seven-year-old as maybe it had magnets in the base. And that's oh, how it connect, okay. That's and I was cool. like, was that's that a good way to explain seven that. Seven-year-old part of the Insane Cloud Posse? Or? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was like, I don't know how they work, yeah. but no, no. He This seven-year-old is... Uh, not an insane clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so, a rational clown. He's a very irrational <laughs> clown. <laughs> His name is Professor Pickles. <laughs> he is a clown with a PhD. His speed in his study and fitting as many clowns into a car as well, possible. He figured out the the mathematic equation that explains the physics <laughs> yeah. of how you can fit so many clowns yeah. into a car. They yeah. call it Pickles theorem. <laughs> and so the uh, they so Kylo Ren has another lightsaber fight with Ray and. General Princess Leia. This is also, they've been told, oh, the Emperor is going to attack the whole universe with his fleet of Star Destroyers in 16 hours. We better get a move on. Then they have an adventure that must take three days. But anyway, uh, General Princess Leia is like, this is a good time for me to reach out to my son. We never talk anymore. And she sends a force message across the universe to him. So she's a lot like me. Whenever I need to actually call someone on the phone, I like have to get my whole environment set up. I'm like, everybody leave the room. I'm going to need the room. And she distracts. Let me light some incense. <laughs> she distracts Kylo just enough for Ray to mortally wound him. But then... Just like he was a regular old uh-huh. sandworm. Once again, this is a moment where I'm like, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting this to happen. No, and then she she heals him using her sandworm healing powers. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Ray goes to... Uh, yeah, because oh. he's, a, he's a lot like a sandworm, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, the, uh, Ray goes to where Luke's... I guess when the lights are out, you know? Yeah. yeah. Dark. When the lights are out, everyone's a sandworm. Uh, Lay, Lay, Ray goes to Luke's old house. <laughs> if you're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Ghost Luke is like, hey, you should take Leia's old lightsaber. You're doing good. Go up to the Emperor and kick him in the nuts. Here's my my old X-Wing. I lifted it out of the water for you. And Kylo Ren has a conversation with not the ghost of, but his memory of Han Solo, where Han Solo's like, hey, you could be a good guy. And Kylo Ren throws his lightsaber away. And starts calling himself Ben again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. His, his name is Ben Solo. I gotta say, like, there's... Like, and Palpatine is like, mm, it's been a while since I've been in the movie. Blow up Kojimi with a super laser. <laughs> Maybe it was just because I liked seeing Harrison Ford again, because I have so much uh-huh. so much affection for that dude. Because you, you like seeing him and being like, I bet he hates this. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I just, like... I, I, I imagine it's one of those things where they were like, 
we'll pay you any amount of money. And he's like, don't bother about the money. I'm going to make some weird requests, <laughs> and I'm going to see if it's worth it to you to make me have it. So you heard of Eye Eyes? Yeah, they're these little weird primates. I want you to go get me one. <laughs> uh, they're very hard to find, and they're endangered. It's illegal to move them out of the rainforest. And also, again, they're very hard to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've always wanted a pet eye-eye, so you better get me one in two days. No, you know what? 36 hours, <laughs> and then I'll be in your Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so J.J. Abrams is hacking through the jungle mm-hmm. at night, mind you. It's a nocturnal animal until he can find and trap an eye-eye and hand to deliver it to Harrison Ford. And when, Har- when he gonna, brings it to I'm ha- going to Google this afterwards. And Are they he- hackers? <laughs> when he brings it, no. Yeah, yeah they're hackers. <laughs> And when he brings it to Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford's like, cool, I changed my mind. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> so, so here's now you got to go to numbers ten, 2 through 10 on my checklist. <laughs> okay. What I wanted to say, though, Sorry, before. Harrison Ford, yeah. Before the star of Random Hearts. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> and Six Days, Seven Nights. And six Days, Seven Nights. And the Frisco Kid, all uh, your favorite Regarding movies. Henry. <laughs> no, star no. of Firewall, Yeah. <laughs> No wonder he has such a deep place in your heart. He was in, uh, what was that movie that we watched with the, the lesser Hemsworth where he was like a hacker or something? Oh, uh, shit. What was that called? Probably Codebreakers. <laughs> no, but the thing I wanted to say about this was like, so like, look, I was, I was talking to Audrey about like George Lucas and this this whole fucking shebang of Star Wars. Yeah, this yeah. thing we call Star Wars. And I want to make it clear, like, she's not like, a Star Wars fan, she saw like these movies, like like the original trilogy, for the first time this year. So like this is not like me dancing to her. She was curious about this. I mean, I might still be you dancing. It might still be my dancing, yeah. but she seemed genuinely interested. <laughs> Perhaps she was just being nice. Uh, but like George Lucas, I was saying that like you know he had this idea of okay, I'm gonna make these like like uh, rhyming trilogies. Like I I want the movies to rhyme in these different ways, uh-huh. which in effect, in these new movies, has led to, uh, like, even though he's not been uh, involved in them, that spirit lives on, and uh-huh. it's just like, let's, like, retre- like retread certain plot points or certain things um, uh, in these new movies. And at its worst, you know, you get, like, movies like... The Force Awakens or this one, which like I mean, The Force I Awakens, the, I liked. The first half of Force Awakens, I really liked a lot. Yeah, but they yeah. like borrow so much from the old movies that it seems like less like rhyming and more like just a retread. Just retreading, yeah. But there yeah. are ways of doing parallel scenes that work well, and I and for me, just for me, like mm-hmm. I kind of enjoyed this parallel scene with Harrison Ford, where it's like, okay, Kylo Ren is replaying the moment where he killed his father. He's at a different place in his life. He's confused, and this time he makes the moral choice instead and throws his lightsaber oh, away. No, I, th- I thought this was one of the scenes that worked best for me in the yeah. movie for that reason. And it, it helps like, that you know, like Adam Driver is a genuinely good actor. Adam Driver's a great actor. Harris Ford's a great actor. Like they have, and this moment has a lot of emotion freighted to it that is real human emotion. Yeah, he is a man who killed his father and betrayed his mother's dreams for him, and like that's a real human thing. As opposed to, your grandfather is an evil wizard and wants to steal your body to make you the ultimate avatar of evil. That is not a human emotion, and that's not something I can connect and to, really. And your mother is Villanelle from Killing Eve. Mm-hmm. That's got to be hard. That's <laughs> yeah, difficult. She's always trying to kill Eve. And I don't know. I watched the first season, I but forget what you're happens. You're right that, like, at a certain point, rhyming becomes repeating. Yeah. And the, and this, But this was one of the scenes where it was like, and it would have done better for me if it didn't feel at times like the movie was like, 
Hey, we'll bring him back all your old pals. Come on, they're all here. You like these characters, right? Like, come on, bring them in. Like, I was half waiting for, like, Jabba the Hutt to show up and tell somebody mm. that he was their dad and like yeah. like a like a it's like it's like Lobot this... to show up and and tell a new cyborg like hey you got to do it for the rebellion yeah. you know? it's like gonk the... droid just like ducks his head in the frame and goes gonk and then goes it's, back it's, it's like, like it's like that scene near the end of Labyrinth where in those weird pack rat uh, monsters keep being like oh you like this thing Kate oh you yeah. want this take that yeah exactly what what an interesting commentary on nostalgia thank you Labyrinth. <laughs> Uh, Thank you for that and the sexual awakening of millions. <laughs> yeah, so they so they destroy that planet. Uh, C-3PO, he gets his memory back from R2-D2, and they all go to... They follow Rey on her trip, too, because Rey now has a wayfinder that helps her get to Exegol, the evil Sith planet that nobody ever knew about before. It's not even uh-huh. the first mystery planet in Star Wars because Geonosis, right? Oh, no, what was... No, uh, Ferrari Carrera. What was the planet where they were making the clones? Camino. Camino Borealis. Camino yeah, Real. Yeah, because it was, yeah. uh, it was uh, deleted from the Jedi Dictionary by Sypho Diaz. <laughs> well, I also, You're right. Star Wars has always been dumb. <laughs> I also... I used to find it funny that, like, um, you know, like, all of the Star Wars planets had one type of ecosystem. Yeah. But snow, forest, desert, or city slash factory. But that's not, like, entirely crazy. Like, obviously, there are planets out there that are, like, the same thing all through the planet. But I mean, this... those are planets that have as far as we know no inhabited well, life yeah but it's also like this this planet i feel like bumps it up to the next level where it's like not only is this planet like this type <laughs> but like only this type of people live there it's, the evil it's like planet. the sorting hat has put like all the slytherin on this planet <laughs> yep they're like this planet is naturally an evil habitat <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we're like we're, we're always... equal kids we get to go to the same classes <laughs> <laughs> but now you, now you have me thinking there's like an ecosystem of like where bunny rabbits are like they're <laughs> 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 like rubbing their hands together and hopping away into the into the trees, you know. So uh, they they all go. Yeah, there. they have a they have a lightning based economy. <laughs> yeah. There's this fleet of star destroyers that's already there, which most of them were there already. But then the bad guys like, from the rest of the movie like, are there too. Didn't they like squirt out of the fucking ground like little plants? Yeah, like that. I mean, a star destroyer wouldn't survive being in. Like, they're not in, uh, like, the gravity well-type well, ships, right? They can't the, be in atmosphere. Well, but here's they're the thing. They're way too heavy. They're way too heavy, They would get, but they would destroy all sorts of stuff. But also, they've just been fl- floating in the air idling for days, it seems. Yeah. And that's, one, against the law. You can't idle for more than 15 mm-hmm. minutes, I think, in New York uh-huh. City. But also, like... What? Also, there's a film shoot going on there. They're shooting the Rise of Skywalker. They can't, they can't park there. Yeah. <laughs> what if they see the orange cones in the sky? But it's like they're just kind of hanging around waiting. And there's something about it where I was like, I can't tell if this is a really cool image or if it's really dumb. And it was like if this was like a Yodorovsky Mobius comic, I'd be like, this is really cool. This endless sky of just dist- hugely hu- – this dreadnought juggernaut ships. Uh-huh. But yeah. here it was like – so are they going to do anything? Or is the Emperor just going to look at him and masturbate at all these ships that he's got? I mean, like, he kind of does, right? I mean, he does kind of. And the Emperor is just kind of like hanging around. He's squirting lightning up there. <laughs> so that's what it is. He's ejaculating lightning. Mm-hmm. The Emperor also is like just hanging around doing nothing. And it's one of these things where it's like, so what is the Emperor doing to pass the hours while he's just hanging around on this and this 
You're machine doing on. like warm up comic shit for that assembled crowd. <laughs> Who here's from Exegol? Oh, you. Oh, oh, the thing about Jedi's is that'd be so oh, funny. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. I'd love to see him doing crowd work. That'd be so amazing. Um, so Ray shows up and he's like, "You want to kill me? Good. That's what I want too. When you kill me, let me explain. It's a little crazy. When you kill me, my spirit will go into you, and with me comes all the Siths. So you'll be the most powerful Sith, and you'll be the Empress of the universe. But it'd be really me inside of you. And I know it's kind of creepy that I'm a grandpa and I want to get inside my granddaughter. That's it's weird. Yes, it's but it's me. Just my like, spirit. Have you ever, there's this cool story by Lovecraft. It's one of the less uh, not so cool ones. If you know what I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, but uh, it, it's a weird plan, and it also doesn't feel very Star Warsy. It feels very magical and like, like to put it, to, not to put it uh-huh. this kind of point on it, but Lord LA of the just Rings. just pointed at me like he's about to shoot me with force. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it feels Star Warsy in that it is a complete exact retread of the end of Return of the Jedi where he's like yes yes your anger strike me down no no, no but there but there the assumption was I, you're going to turn evil and that's going to be good for me whereas here it's like you're going to turn evil but then I'm going to enter your body and you're going to have you're going to be possessed by the souls of the Sith but also it was one of those things where it was like so so like she can so you can never it's it's a real convenient thing for the bad guy to say to be like if you kill me yeah. I'm going to win. So I guess you can't stop me. And it's like, I wish he had just Diplomatic te- immunity. <laughs> I wish he, I had, there were two ways I wanted her to end this, which are not it. One was for her to be like, bullshit, and then kill him, and he'll be like, oh, I was lying. <laughs> oh, called dead. my bluff. He called my bluff. Just you're grandpa's so, little girl. You're the first Jedi ever to think of that. But the other one was, he keeps saying, if you kill me out of hate, and then he's pointing at her, her friends in the sky who have, who have appeared and are fighting these ships and are all dying, and he's destroying them with lightning bolts, and he's like, you can't say, if you want to save your friends, you gotta kill me, but then I'm gonna win. Look at this, isn't it a real Catch-22? Yes, we have that novel in this universe. <laughs> and I wanted her, this was, if I had been writing this movie which i was not i would have wanted her to say him to be like you can't you 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 can't kill me out of anger and for her to say like something about her friends and be like i'm not killing you out of anger i'm killing you out of love and then just chop his head off well that was like i I was like waiting for that moment and instead kylo shows up and he's like "Mm, now i'm gonna feast on your friendship and it was like wait what how many rules are you making up as you go along but also like (laughs) Like I don't want to leap ahead, but I'm going to. Like, it's not that much of the movie. Left. Like, like this Kylo scene goes comes, on for a long time. Kylo comes back and like, wh- wh- whatever. Like, uh, well, let's, you said I, you said Kylo, not Kyle, because if Kyle Katarn showed Kylo. up, I would have been, been like, like, yes, what? instantly great. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like all this shit happens. Yeah, like, well, Dash Rendar showed up and helped out at the end. Well, of well they're, like, they're like, they're like, yes, all the LucasArts games are officially canon well, now. Well, 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 Luke. what full throttle and then full throttle a Grim Fandango show up. Here's Sam and Max. They hit the road to Star Wars. <laughs> Maniac Mansion is here. <laughs> Indiana Jones, you found Atlantis. <laughs> no, um, we're gonna. I'm oh, gonna... that reminds me of this, that, that great Star Wars comic where. The Millennium Falcon lands, uh, crash lands on Earth thousands of years ago, uh-huh. and then and Chewbacca becomes uh, becomes the abom- becomes a uh, Bigfoot, and Indiana Jones stumbles on this this old spaceship with a skeleton in it, and he's like, mm, "This is weird." I was like, "Oh, what a great story!" Harrison Ford finds his own dead body. Yeah, um, I want to. I want to loop. I, we can loop back and get the stuff that I. We'll, I'm we'll loop back over. And, and kill our loopers. Yeah, what I'm sk- uh, You can get the stuff I'm skipping over, but. Uh-huh. Eventually, like Ray, spoiler alert, kills Palpatine by like 
like basically like reflecting his like zaps back at him. Yeah. And I'm just like, the old, okay, the old zap back attack. That's yeah. the old, that's the loophole in this. Like you can't strike me down in anger, but if I'm angrily zapping you and you reflect it at me, <laughs> then everything's yeah. cool. Yeah. And, and, and like the, th- and the thing that got me was she was like, yeah, I can't kill someone in anger. Even if he's the evilest man in the world, I guess I'll just cold bloodedly kill all these child soldiers that are in armor. They yeah. have masks, so I can't see their faces. They're not mm-hmm. people to me. Yeah. Anyway, Poe Dameron, he's like, we got to get it. There's a bunch of crap about how they have to he's blow up. He's a general time. at this point, right? He's a general. Might they... want to call him General Dameron. <laughs> Sorry, General Dameron. Got to respect the rank, even though I don't respect the man who holds it. They, they, like, they're, they've got this, they got to destroy a transmitter because the Star Destroyers can't not crashed into each other that's a transmitter and they, he's like we'll send out a message for all the volunteers we're gonna Dunkirk this mm-hmm. we're gonna have a fleet of civilian ships come in but nobody's showing up and I also the last love minute- that I love that they also like made a point of being like in the last movie we tried to get people to show up but they wouldn't because the movie wasn't as good <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, they, I mean, the charitable look. But look, no, there but, is a charitable like interpretation, which is uh-huh, yeah, they on. have to try and get everyone to show up in the last movie and them not come for it to pay off no, in this no. movie that they I th- do. I, did, come. I didn't take that as necessarily common in the last one, but it did. It what bothered me was they all show up and he's like, "They did it. We did it. I am the greatest. Take that, dead Laura Dern. I'm the greatest." But then they show up and and uh, Richard E. Grant, who again, I love, he's I, great I, and everything. He one, says, "Wait, wait, wait." Okay. I was like, he says. What are these ships? They don't have a fleet. And his second in command goes, it's not a fleet. It's just people. And I was like, movie, Richard E. Grant is a person. The Emperor is a person when it comes down to it. All the stormtroopers are people. The bad guys are also people. So, like, you have now set up a dichotomy where the rebels are good because I guess they don't have uniforms, whereas the bad guys are inhuman and can just be— civilians, Elliot. Then say—then here's what they should have said. They should have said— uh, so they don't have a fleet, and the second man should have said, I suppose they do now. And then you don't bring right. up this question in my mind of like, so I guess the bad guys can be killed with impunity because they're not human beings. Okay. They, they're just they're just monsters. Well, you're ruining the thing I was going to say, which is like I know that how this much is, you loved that moment. Well, no, this is a, I know I know this is a I know this is a ripoff. I mean, it's not a ripoff. It's like, a ripoff of Dunkirk, the real thing that you've, happens. You've seen it in plenty of movies. You've seen it in life in Dunkirk. But like, I mean, but I wasn't there. I, didn't see it. <laughs> I, just, I wasn't on the beaches. There was that time where You're my friends Bill and right? Ted took me back to look at some shit for class. <laughs> what I'm going to say is like, this this movie comes like so like this movie comes so soon on um, the heels of Avengers Endgame. Yes. Where like the same thing happened. Oh, and it was and it was I was I was it was so much more powerful for me in Avengers Endgame. Yes. And I think partly because other than Lando and You get to these, see Ant- uh, Giant Man punch a flying space worm. I mean that's always my favorite thing in any of the Avengers movies is seeing him as Giant Man. When when in Civil War when he grows Giant Man and ripped the wing off a plane, I was like, This is why I went to see this movie. <laughs> except, I didn't know it was happening, but I have always wanted to see this. Except, except Elliot, he has the strength of a man when he's small. Why does he have the strength of a Superman when he's big? Because his muscles are sense. huge. Also, Dan, if the, that's but his the thing, molecules now, are further apart. Dan, this these movies are also asking you to believe that the Norse mythology is the one true religion because we've <laughs> seen those gods and we know that that is the underworld that exists. So if you're willing to buy that, then maybe you can buy that this guy gets super strong when he's giant. 
And it also make it's also posits the idea that Benedict Cumberbatch's character is actually speaking with a normal New York accent, which that's a crazy accent, guys. It is crazy. I, I did want to say though, like even though it was scooped by Avengers, uh-huh. and even though this is like a cheap moment designed to make me emotional, I did get a little emotional when everyone showed up. I think I would have gotten more emotional if there were more characters that I was seeing that were not new to this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't really care if Carrie Russell shows up at the end. That is not a character that has not been built up for me. Lando, mm-hmm. we saw already earlier in the movie, so it's not a big surprise. We get to see Wedge. Wedge is coming, baby. Great. Wedge. <laughs> Fantastic. And But, like, there was a... When, I was trying to think, why is it so affecting to me in Endgame? And even in Endgame, there was a part where, at a certain point, it was just like, don't forget me, boss. And what about me, boss? And over here, boss. But I think it was because one movie ago, we had seen a lot of those characters die. Yeah. But also that those movies like were spaced out just in a different way. And I felt like, it was weird because it's like, oh, I I feel like the event, with the Marvel movies, it was like we're seeing all these characters that have been built up over years all in one scene for the first time. But with Star Wars, I was like, I should be feeling that too. These are characters I've seen for all my entire life, except that for some of the, I think they ruined some of the impact by having like having Lando show up, having Han show up, having Leia playing such a big part up till then, having Luke already have shown up. It was like the idea of all these characters coming back was not as exciting. We've already seen them come back in that movie, you know. So I don't know. I could be wrong. But for some reason, it just didn't have the same Maybe. Posture. I just don't know how you square that circle because you want to see those characters come back earlier in the story than like at the very last moment. I think you, I think you, I mean, part of it is just dig deeper and get some more characters. Why isn't Moma Nadon that there? Where's Dengar? Come yeah. on. I will bring, bring them all back. Where's Salacious Crumb piloting something? <laughs> just laughing his full head off. Come on. Yep. Anyway, while they're, now that there's a lot of ships, it's the law I was of, just mad there wasn't a scene where BB-8 got to beat the shit out of BB-9E. <laughs> I mean, I was mad that R2 barely came back. Like, uh-huh. if there's every character I wanted to see play a big part, it's R2. Instead, BB-8 has one moment. R2, like, has a moment where he gets zapped and Poe's using him in his ship. And I was like, Poe, since when are you and R2, like, best buds? Like, I mean, oh, you're bb 8 dude. The, I'd, already, I'd already mentioned this, that they pushed uh, the release of an episode of The Mandalorian up so that they could show off a force power so fans wouldn't see it for the first time in the movie and get mad. Uh, but... I was kind of bummed that, like, man, Carl Weathers should have shown up, or Gina Carano, or babe, well, Baby Yoda, of course. If Baby Yoda f- showed up flying a plane at the end, that would have been amazing. I mean, these, I think... I know, would have thrown somebody else's popcorn in the air. I wasn't eating I mean, popcorn and, and at that like point. And like you're saying... Can't take the calories at there. four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Dash Rendar should have been there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The, and if they were, if they were rendered exactly as they were in the original <laughs> uh, video game, yeah, Mara Jade is there, just his text, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, they, I think the, I don't know, for some reason it just didn't, and it, it because of the General law, Grievous was there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, he's dead, but sure, they're all coming back. Yeah, why not? Uh, they, I think the law of movie plot means that when it's time for the good guys to win all the bad guy super machines are suddenly incredibly vulnerable. So a couple shots just takes out their big plan destroying spaceship mm-hmm. dicks. Meanwhile, <laughs> Ray is effectively killed by the Emperor, right? And who shows up? Kylo Ren. He's a good guy now. He fights all of his Knights of Ren, which mm-hmm. we don't get to see that much of. Yeah, they're, they're boring. And he, he shows up and oh no, that's when it's like, oh, your friendship is so powerful. You're this fabled Jedi friendship that only appears once every <laughs> thousand years. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's called love, Palpatine. It happens all the time. Like, yeah. I don't, maybe it's weird to you. And he sucks their friendship out. That's when he gets super powerful. And what happens? Like, Kylo Ren, like, uh, Ray does the thing where she has two lightsabers and she 
reflects the lightning bolts back at him, and he dissolves and his skin well, no, but, tearing but up. before that happens, she calls basically she calls on the power of all the Jedi's that came before her. Oh, right. Uh-huh. So oh, then is... they're all like, "I'm with you, here with you, I am too," like that kind of stuff. It's yeah. me, yeah. Ki Mundi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you hear Mace Windu for a moment, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you probably hear like, and he's uh, like the fucking king of reflecting shit on Sidious, right? <laughs> Sidious hears that voice and he's like, fuck, I'm going to need a new face. Mm-hmm. Kit Fisto's there. Yeah, Everyone's and I have to there. assume Kyle Katarn because he became a Jedi in this in, this, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. second game. Uh, and so they're all there. And uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Alkanane? Wait, no, sorry. Go yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> she, she calls on all what, that. Whatever the character I named in uh, Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Kulik Eldroma is there. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and uh, Ray uses that to deflect it with the lightsabers, and she did a great job of getting across something that no actor is is trained to do, which is they're like, okay, now you have to pretend you're pushing against something really hard, and it's made out of force bolts or whatever. No actor mimes Elliot. Oh, I forget. They've been yeah. training their whole life for that. <laughs> now I wish she had been taking mime training earlier in the movie, and it came into effect here. Uh, and the lightning dissolves... Uh, Palpatine and all and the planet starts it releases a huge thing of energy which kills all of his followers and it's like uh mm. like again that was like a thousand people and I guess maybe they're we'll, we'll chalk that up to Palpatine's casualties I don't know I kind of yeah. feel like that I was mean, Ray's as, fault. as they're dying they're all like it was worth the wait <laughs> <laughs> this is the show <laughs> and uh and Ray is like oh I'm dead now and Kyle, Kylo Ren is like mm, I learned a thing or two about force healing and he Brings her back to life, and they kiss, and then Kylo and he, dies. And then he, he dies. And you know he's dead for real because he disappears and his clothes fall to the ground. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's how a real Jedi dies, Dan. Uh-huh. I learned that watching the Dark Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now, they blow up the bad guy spaceships. Now and... that the Emperor's dead, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Emperor showing back up in this movie. I think it's really dumb that he shows up. Uh, they wait to reveal him until the very last movie, and he's, I don't know, it's just stupid. I mean, but he's... the I don't know if I would have preferred, I don't know if I think it's cool that, like, He's a physical body. I wish if he was a physical body, they played up more the idea that he was a clone and specifically that, like, because he's a Sith, he can't live on after death. Like, he's obsessed with, like... Okay. Unlike a Jedi, he can't... He he, can't come back as a ghost, so he's got to keep transferring his consciousness to bodies. Or if... Or if I think he should have just been a weird spirit that they couldn't fight, but is more this, like, feeling of darkness. But I don't know. I think those are both super great valid ways to do it. I've I've been on the record I think before as saying I don't I've never liked the emperor as a character. I feel uh-huh. like he tips it too far from iconic legendary status into child's fairy tale status. Yeah. And I just don't buy that this huge intergalactic empire is run by a creepy old wizard man who uses a like a twisted black cane. Yeah, what about that part at the end of uh, The Phantom Menace where he's like, oh, Mr. Skywalker, I'll be watching you with extreme interest or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, Sheev, you fucking dirty dog. I know what you're up to. The, uh, I th- the, but I think it's, it's, it feels like such a, yeah, it's just a disappointment when you see him show up in the beginning because it's Dan, like. are you texting all your friends about Emperor yep, Palpatine right now? totally. That it's like it's like it feels like it should what, that you're te- you're really yeah. paying close attention to texting during the during the recording that it's uh that it, they should they should the opening crawl should be like episode nine it is a time of lack of imagination in the universe uh the emperor's back we couldn't think of a doesn't better it open guy. with like uh episode nine the dead speak something like that yeah, yeah. 
Well, I mean, because well, they're referring to the fact that, of course, if you had been playing the video game Fortnite, you would have heard messages from Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, if they had started the movie with these mysterious messages that say they're from Palpatine, and it's a mystery whether he's actually back or not, I think that would have been really cool. There's something really disappointing about him just showing up in the first scene and being like, hey, sup, Kylo, it's me, Palp. I'm back, my buddy. Well, that Come was on. the thing, like, that opening scene, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I... Like, the movie gets off on the wrong foot, and it's partly because it's like, uh, there's no, like, I don't want a lot of mystery from a Star Wars movie, but I want, like, storytelling? You know, I, I, don't I know. do feel like the trilogy... That's a rough thing for me to say. I shouldn't say that. The trilogy writes itself into kind of a weird place, and I don't know what to do about it because like look like for me kylo ren is actually one of the the best things about the new trilogy yeah i like him a lot like adam driver's great in the role and it's an interesting conception of the role like we've seen like the conflicted bad guy before but only like kind of at the end of the dark darth vader dark vader the darth vader arc darth dark Dark vapor is the is the bootleg (laughs) toy that you find like like, at a street fair next to a socks it's uh, interesting to see like the whole arc of these movies like he is like this emo guy who's trying really hard to be bad even though something's pulling him good and that's interesting but you do write yourself into a corner and i wonder how this last movie would go if someone else did it where like you need someone to be the actual bad guy of the movie but you don't necessarily want that to be kylo ren because he's such a complex like character at that point. yeah yeah i mean i i i don't think it I feel like you could have done this movie. Obviously, this is stupid that I'm doing this like backseat. I'm trying to rewrite a fucking Star Wars movie and also, right now. But these like, movies are incredibly hard to make. There's a lot of expectations on them, and there's and, a schedule to hit. Like it's yeah. hard. You know, it's yeah. Not and easy. clearly, that's part of the part of the thing that felt I felt strongest about was how rushed the whole thing felt more than any of the other Star Which Wars. Which is strange because Force Awakens, I know they really had to rush. Like this, yeah. the release date was announced, and they had I don't know what a year and a half to make that movie from start of scripting to finish a production and then release yeah. and that comes together but that i guess that's being carried along by the excitement of new things and mm-hmm. old things yeah. and this it's hard to have a culmination that that really is like that pulls it up but anyway you were saying i interrupted you no you like i mean i feel like you if if you the focus of the movie was on ray and kylo's relationship and kylo is now in charge of this whole fucking big army and then you have the idea of like a mysterious message from palpatine is it from palpatine or not and that pushes both of them like it kylo's obviously angry that somebody else is like claiming to be the supreme dark side dude so he starts acting out and it forces a confrontation between the two of them and then over the course of that he realizes that you know whatever he's not about he you know whatever he's a good he's a good dude here's and that the, hux is the real bad guy here's the way i would have done it okay okay here's just a one one of many ways this is backseat i was i'm gonna be uh, uh, this is a little segment i'm gonna call backseat adam driver where uh-huh. i tell you how i would have done it uh-huh. is you start off there's these it's Kylo Ren and Rey have this weird kind of uh relationship but they are also the leaders of enemy forces. And like you're saying Kylo Ren is struggling with this dark side aspect of him and because we're struggling with the light side aspect of him. He wants to be a bad guy. It's it's because to be a bad guy is to be emotionally invulnerable and to be a good guy is to open yourself up to feelings like love and insecurity and relying on other people and he can't abide that he can't abide the weakness inside himself that all people have Uh so he wants to be darth vader who he believes had no weakness because he doesn't know that darth vader went no when he found out (laughs) that his wife had passed and uh and that darth vader was how's my girlfriend that the dark darth vader was the weakest thing of all a deadbeat dad but anyway that uh so he but there's these mysterious uh 
messages start appearing, I don't know, over the radio or something, or mm-hmm. to Force-sensitive people all over the galaxy. Because we've established in the last movie, there are, people are Force-sensitive all over. Little boys can use the Force to put brooms in their hands, you know. And if a little boy can put a broom on his hands, then we can make a pencil out of leaves, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Ellie is, like, well, tapping Ellie, me. Ellie knows how to pitch to his audience. <laughs> like, Dan, on you, the, you um, like this, right? So yeah, here's no, what happens it. next. Here's what happens fucking... next. Get a load of this. See if this grabs yeah. you. So... They and they're so they're battling, and Kylo Ren is getting more and more distracted by trying to figure out who this Palpatine guy is. Uh-huh. And Ray and the the heroes are like, well, we, if Palpatine's back, obviously he's the real villain. We got to go after him. And I would have it turn out at the end that Kylo Ren has is a basically a split personality, and he's been making this happen. The dark side of him is, if anything, disgusted with the light side of him, and is trying to pull away and if either goad him into being worse or uh-huh. create some sort of force emperor entity like you're talking about and so the way that kylo ren can defeat this and this makes it more of a kylo ren movie than a ray movie you'd have to come up with what ray's plot is mm-hmm. is that he is figuring out that he is not a slave basically to the dark side of his passions and things like that sure but i would so much more like like that would play into the duality of it uh-huh. somewhat but and then you and focus on these characters instead of just like instead dumb of bullshit and instead of sending ray and her pals on a treasure hunt to mm-hmm. find like one item after another, mm-hmm. but that I think because that was part of what bugged me about the movie is it didn't feel like it was about the characters in the movie. Yeah. Like Star Wars, you could say has a MacGuffin in it. It's got the Death Star plans, but it's very clearly this is a movie about like Luke's journey, and then it becomes about Han's journey too, and it becomes a little bit about Leia's journey. And they both they all have trauma to deal with. Leia loses her entire planet. Luke loses a friend that he had made a couple days ago, and Luke Han- loses his. <laughs> He's of surrogate parents, Elliot. Yeah, he's, and also, yeah, but he doesn't like them. That's yeah, true. And his aunt and yeah. uncle. Well, no, he doesn't but like. That doesn't mean he, I mean, he likes to like see like, town. He doesn't want to see like. I don't like my hometown. I don't want to see my parents roasted by sand people. <laughs> uh, Stormtroopers, Dan. Oh, that's true. Who pretend to be sand people? Pretend to be sand people. Sorry. And they prefer to be called Tuscan Raiders. Sand mm-hmm. people is a, is a negative term. Mm-hmm. But like, the. It, this movie, it kind of but felt like stormtroopers never actually shoot people, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the one time storm. Well, stormtroopers can shoot civilians. That's what oh, they're good they at. Can, they can set a non-flammable hut on fire. <laughs> and so, so it was like I, they were trying to make this this civilians' story, armor class is much lower, so it's easier to hit them. They were trying to make this story about Ray kind of finding herself. Who is she, and who does she belong to, and uh-huh. re- rejecting this this legacy of evil. But it never quite felt like it was built around the character that we've come to know i don't know mm-hmm. it felt like at points where the car- it should have been about i just love the i just love the, the continuing message that you can only have uh force powers let's, if your parents had yeah force let's powers. wrap <laughs> let's wrap this all up though like just like the very end of the actual movie the the oh, synopsis at the end of the movie everyone's celebrating we did it yay uh and Ch- this was the biggest piece of stupid fan service is that someone hands chewbacca a medal like here you go you got one finally and i was like Wow, they're really closing the loop on this thing that happened at the end of the first movie. Yeah, and yeah, I, said, yeah. I had to pause the movie because I was watching a digital screener and call my wife over and go, "This was the dumbest moment." <laughs> they're like, "Finally, we rectified the historic crime yeah. of Chewbacca not getting yeah, yeah, a medal." Yeah. And, and, and then Danielle's like, "Could I go to sleep now?" Yeah. No, stay awake. <laughs> now the next thing you're going to see is somebody slap the cuffs on Ozymandias. <laughs> The only, the only thing that would have made that scene more ridiculous to me is if they gave him the Cowardly Lions medal from the Wizard of Oz that just said courage in big letters on it. So then, uh, and Ray goes to... Yeah, they, they translate Chewbacca's yowl. It says, this looks fake. <laughs> he takes a bite and there's chocolate inside. Uh, so Ray goes to Tatooine to Luke's old home. 
I'm sure it's the real set, which is really there still in Tunisia being devoured by the desert slowly mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. And because Jedi have no bodies to bury and their ghosts just hang around to talk to you anyway, so why bother? She, <laughs> she buries uh, Luke and Leia's lightsabers. Or is it Kylo Ren? And, I don't remember whose lightsabers they are. No, it's, it's, yes, Luke and Leia's. And, uh, Leia's. and then mm-hmm. and, uh, Luke and Leia's ghosts are like, thanks, pal. And mm-hmm. then someone's like, then an old lady was just wandering by with her amazing beast of burden. She's awesome, man. Yeah. And she's like, oh, who are you? We don't get many strangers around these Last parts. Last names only, please. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? She goes, Ray Skywalker. And I wanted, and like, I get that she's taking on that mantle, but I wanted Luke's ghost to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. You now, are not a Skywalker. Or, or the okay. woman to be horrified. Hold on. Like, Wait a minute. Like Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. Guards, kill her. Luke kill Skywalker, her. who mar- who killed his aunt and uncle. Oh. You know, Luke Skywalker, who kissed his sister on the lips once. <laughs> I oh, want to. So you think the people in Tatooine think Luke killed his aunt and uncle and then skipped town? <laughs> That's a totally valid reading of what I, happened. Yeah, I want to. I love the idea. There's wanted posters for Luke all over Mos Eisley's face. Where he committed the worst crime, aunt well, and uncle side. Last, when he was last with- seen in the in the company of an old man who chopped off the arm of one of our. Like, yeah. So this this boy, this Bro, growing up, he seemed like such a quiet boy. He kept shooting womp rats, but that's normal, right? <laughs> All we know, yeah, he killed animals as a youth. He never wanted to do his chores, so he's hanging out with those losers at Tashi Station. Next thing we know, his house is on fire. His aunt and uncle, who only loved him, are dead. He's run away wearing just a karate gi with a crazy old man who lived out in the desert. We heard they jump ship with a pirate and a bear dog. <laughs> After going to a, to a seedy spacer bar, oh, that Luke Skywalker, he is bad news. <laughs> that is a totally valid reading for the local Tatooine gossips. Okay, that all being said, the Tatooine tattler, we, we know that all. <laughs> the local, it comes in the it comes in the most nicely penny saver of the Tatooine tattler. It is this blind item. Which lugubrious hut was seen? Eyeing a certain six-breasted dancer. Mm, our lips are sealed. <laughs> and it's by Gorindin. It's the Tatooine Tattler by Gorindin. That all being said, <laughs> for me, like I know, I know that the which Mandalorian bounty hunter was seen yucking it up with those twin ladies that hang out at the bar. For yeah, they'll, me. they'll post the they'll post the picture when Han steps on Jabba's tail, and they're like, "Jabba the nut." <laughs> Sources tell me that Figrin to Anne and the modal nodes may be breaking up or recording a new album. I guess time will tell. I will say, for me, even though I know that that woman wandering by. And asking Ray's name is the most egregious like setup uh-huh. for an emotional moment. <laughs> yep. I did find the very end of this movie mm-hmm. moving, <laughs> like the idea that Ray, who like so, so found it important to like think about who her parents were, mm-hmm. was like sort of disappointed to find out maybe that like like. Well, like, felt like spent so much time thinking well, that, that her w- parents were bad people. And when she was fir- when we're first introduced to her, she has nobody. Yeah, she has, she has no one. No in one in the life. world. She is totally alone. Yes, and then like thinks her parents are bad people. Then finds that they were like killed because they were protecting her from a bad person. Mm-hmm. And then had these like real people in her life that were uh, surrogate parent figures to her. I did find it moving that she took on their name. And we can leave aside the fact that her surrogate father and surrogate mother are siblings. 
Sure. And the weirdness. I, I guess, you know what? And they got blasted Harry Potter style. That's Anne of Green Gables. And I can't find fault with that because Anne's surrogate parents eventually are basically Marilla and um, what's... Uh, Oh, why can't I remember that? I don't know. I, a, I read the book so long ago. No, it's anyway the brother and sister who who take her in and then uh, and then they become kind of her her family. You so know, so after bearing so those lightsabers, that. does she have a cool lightsaber anymore, Dan? She has another lightsaber that she cool. apparently built herself. Cool. What color is that lightsaber? It's like white, I guess. What? And it's, and it's got kind of a dial on it. A cool new lightsaber. It's like a hipster retro rotary lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> so I think. Uh, yeah, Dan, I think you were moved more by this movie than I was. I think I found it more, to be honest, like, boring. And it's the first time counting the pre- even including the prequels and including Solo, where I was watching a Star Wars movie and I was like, uh, like, I'm kind of done with this movie. Yeah, well, Like, it's... by the third time Kylo Ren and Rey were about to lightsaber, I was like, are we gonna watch them lightsaber fight again? Ooh. And I felt bad, because I was like... There's real fight choreography going into this. The actors look like they really worked hard at it. Everybody's doing their best, but I'm just yeah, kind of like, the over inner it. grandma in you kicked in, and you're like, oh, <laughs> so many people worked hard. Hey, I mean, I'm just so glad that so many people made a paycheck. Off guys, this look, look, this is a this is a flop house after dark, uh-huh. as we've decided. Uh-huh. I've certainly been swearing up a storm. We're not, not... I haven't been wearing pants at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how is it different than a usual it's one? Very arousing. We um. I think I've decided we've gone uh, as long as a normal episode just talking about the movie. Yeah. Like, we're not going to bother with... It's almost like the thing that we should do normally. We're not going to bother with any of the extraneous stuff. We're just going to kind of end it here. But, like, I do think we should do uh, final judgments, whether it's a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, a movie you kind of like. Elliot, you're kind of in it already. Yeah. You're soaking in it. Ugh, gross. What do you have to say about it? Uh, I mean, I don't... It's kind of not one of those things for me, which is that I didn't like it but i didn't hate it it was the first time i saw a star wars movie and i was indifferent to it and maybe that's because star wars is not as important to me as it once was because i have other responsibilities in my life and also i've since and like when i I think i've talked about on the star wars minute how like when i was younger the star wars universe was a universe that i could know about become an authority on really feel ownership over Mm -hmm. when the real world felt mysterious and alienating and isolating to me and over time that has been replaced by the real world becoming more warm and welcoming to me but also like my love of actual history and it's kind of when i'm so mad about james buchanan and andrew johnson it's hard for me to get as mad about like emperor palpatine but it's the first time i ever watched a star wars movie and i was like ah like i'm kind of not feeling anything you know it's like what happens when you run into an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or other uh relationship person and you're like relationship person, and it's like you. I'm trying to cover all bases. Yeah, uh, sure. And uh, you run into them at a party or on the street or something, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Hey, how's it going?" And you're talking to them, and you're like, "I feel no emotions for this person." I had this right. experience where I ran into an ex girlfriend, and I was like, "This is someone that I felt like I was in love with. She broke up with me, and it devastated me. And now I'm meeting her, and I'm like, oh, this is just a person. I have no entanglements with this person whatsoever. And when I leave this moment, I will have." It might as well not have happened. Yeah, you didn't yeah. immediately queue up like hug and touch and squeezing by a journey on your iPod. I did not do that, and so that's what this Star Wars felt like to me. It was like, oh, maybe I don't have the relationship with with this franchise that I felt like I did until Episode Ten, Salacious Crumb and Dengar's Wild Adventure. Yeah, who's Salacious Crumb? Question mark. And <laughs> yeah. it's him with uh, the big like suction cups outside of a <laughs> sure. building. Yeah. Uh, let's. I mean, that two things style poster T-shirt has got to be made. I know, right? man. Yeah. Let's. Okay. Uh, I'll let Stuart close us out with negativity because I know that 
uh, that's where it's going to go. But no, let me go first. <laughs> I'm saying I'll let, you, I'll let you close out with negativity. I'm going to say uh, that it's weird for me to like try and like play the maturity card because Elliot has uh, two children that he's raising and Stuart has a successful uh, small business. Um, but I am the oldest, so I will say that... Sure. I feel like I do have this... I have reached a point in my life where I'm just like, okay, Star Wars is a thing. It was my young love. I will always, in some part of my heart, love it. And I'm excited for a new Star War. But uh, watching this, like... You know, I know that watching this is not going to ruin uh, what Star Wars means to me. So I can enjoy it just as, like... You're still going to do your one-man show, What Star Wars Means to Me, on Broadway now? I can just enjoy it as a thing that washes over me that, like... Ooh, a one-man show on Broadway. There are... (laughs) Let me finish my thing. Like, there are things that I like about it, things I didn't like about it. Like, this is definitely the weakest non-prequel movie for me. And, um... But I kind of just, like... You know, I had fun. I got my my look. My uh, my expectations were reduced. I have brought up Audrey a lot in this podcast, but I think it's interesting because she only watched Star Wars this year to yep. like talk about her reaction. Last Jedi was her favorite of all of them, and I think that's because it brought like sort of shades of gray into the Star Wars universe. Uh, How many? Uh, no, but like it, uh, more it, than forty nine or less than fifty one. It suggested it suggested that like there's maybe more to this. Oh God! It suggested no, no, that there's shades of gray wherever you go. The more you find oh, out, the less fuck's you know. Sake. It suggested that there's maybe more to this universe than this one bloodline. Yeah, and like I understand that viewpoint, and I understand that like as someone seeing it for the first time this year that complexity might mean more to you. And I also understand that, like, I'm a white male 41-year-old and, like, she is a a Filipino female uh, 32-year-old and thus, like, maybe The Last Jedi, like, carries more meaning for her in the sense that, like, if she's seeing it all this year, like, to see so much of it undone by this movie is, like more of a slap in the face necessarily than to me who is just like you know what i've seen star wars come and i've seen star wars go and this is one of them and that's the old man at the train station well there'll always be another star war coming down the tracks yeah it's like this is the worst of the new trilogy but i do look at it and i'm like okay well this might be the worst i think it's fucking enraging that rose is sidelined the way it is it's it's annoying that like Ray is like uh suddenly of a like significant bloodline rather than like the message just a piece of space trash. Well, no, no, the <laughs> message that just anyone can be a hero in this universe, like it which was very much the message of the last movie. Yes, like that is a much better message than like you have to be like a special human being or whatever race they are in in space, like yeah. to like make a difference. Like that is a terrible message. But I do also, like, look back on this new trilogy and be like, oh, you know, like, they've given us great characters in Ray and Finn and Rose and BB-8 and Poe. Like, these are, Bob like... Bob Ufrick. Uh, <laughs> Kylo Ren. Like, no, but they're, like... Kylo Ren's pretty cool. Like they're all these, like, great characters in the new trilogy, so... I don't know. I was happy to see them one last time. 
definitely the worst of the three movies. Marginally kind of liked. Yeah, sorry. I mean, sorry for stepping on that, Dan. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's tough when we start talking about Star Wars and telling jokes. I get all worked up. <laughs> but, uh, you know... He gets his force up. It's, it rises. In yeah, him. it's... I mean, I already mentioned this kind of earlier, but, like, Star Wars is one of those things that I can't really control how I feel about it. It's, it's been, like, you know, a big part uh, of my, my fantasy world uh, since I was a little kid. Um, and so it meant that like, even going to the prequels, like even knowing that they're not good, I still liked them. Uh, and every single star Wars movie I saw in the theater, I remember leaving and liking, and this was the first time I was bummed, man. Like so much of it felt like it was an attempt to erase what had happened in the, in the last Jedi, a movie that I I liked quite a bit and was uh, a sh- it shocked me by actually putting in surprising stuff. Um, and it, it felt so much like a response to like, try to appease appeal to critics. And like, I remember when they first announced that they were going to be doing, uh, that Disney had gotten the rights and that a filmmaker other than George Lucas was going to get to make star Wars movies. And that was really exciting. And that like, and that excitement kind of paid off with at least the first half of force awakens where it felt like at least jj abrams understood kind of what like what was exciting about star wars and mm-hmm. then seeing the last jedi uh it was really great to see a, a, a skilled filmmaker <laughs> make a movie oh, wow Whoa. Ooh, that is a harsh thing to say yeah i'm sorry uh you want to write, write down all the great movies jj abrams wow. made. I wow. really like uh his Mission Impossible movie, Mission Impossible 3, I like. I like his Star Trek reboot, the first one, mm-hmm. not so much the second one. I like the first couple seasons of Alias. Like well, that's not a movie. Great, great movie. <laughs> I mean, he's a talented pop filmmaker who gets a lot of shit from nerds on the internet, but he also does stuff like Rise of Skywalker. So what I'm saying sometimes. is that I'm not I'm not even saying he's necessarily bad, but I'm not like he's not an exciting I don't think he's an exciting well, no. well, I I'm just saying I he's don't not find an auteur him to be the way that Ryan Johnson well, is an exciting way... artist who will bring something kind of new to the table. That's all I'm just trying to say. The thing but, that the thing that just threw me into it threw into relief for me with the prequels is the prequels are goofy and they don't really work for me. But the prequels are constantly even for all the things that rhyme with the with the old movies they're constantly throwing new things at you that you haven't seen and the story works in a different way than the first three movies and it's exciting to me that that was the disappointing thing to me about this one was it was like it's just not it's just not new stuff sorry and and then and the last one was new stuff and two final things i want to say that i feel like for me the the final shot as like i don't i don't like necessarily dislike the final shot of the rise of skywalker uh, but I'd just kind of been worn down at that point, and I was pretty bummed. But I feel like the final shot of uh, The Last Jedi, to me, is the final shot of this, like, trilogy. Like, of a young kid swinging a little, uh, swinging a broom around like a lightsaber. <laughs> that's that's what it's all about, folks. And you know what? I kind of predicted this. When they first showed the trailer for Cats, and they had talked about how and and I realized that Cats was going to be coming out right around the same time as the new Star Wars movie. And in my heart, I'm like, why am I more excited to see Cats than I am to see Star Wars? Yeah. And then, spoiler alert, to have that excitement pay off and be proved true, because <laughs> I just saw Cats. 
<laughs> oh man, it's crazy. What a crazy world we live in. But we'll mm-hmm. talk more about cats uh, next time we. Uh, we well, I mean, we I think may, I think we can we can tease that next time will be our first annual, perhaps, uh, cat stacular. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, you didn't mention the annual part, but <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just, I, I feel kind of okay with it. I'm just floating the idea out there. We're going to have some special guests. We're going to have some real uh, Hollywood insider talk about the premiere of Cats. I can so- almost guarantee this will be the most jellical episode we've ever done. <laughs> so, so our first. <laughs> yeah. So jellical. So oh, stay- man. Uh, it'll, it'll break my jellical app on and my phone. I, so I think stay tuned for our first annual Catstacular <laughs> on the Flophouse. But, uh, yeah, I th- it is weird, but I think that's I think that comes with the newness I'm talking about. Like, Cats is something you... I assume you didn't see Cats in the theaters. I mean, Cats on Broadway. No, I did when I was a kid. Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't as new, because I'll, like... The re- I never saw oh, Cats the show, so I'm excited to see the movie. I haven't oh, seen the movie yet. I went in, oh, Elliot. I went in oh, a blank su- slate. I was, oh, <laughs> summer child. <laughs> I'm so excited, because I'll see it the next couple of days, I guess. I'm so excited to see it. Having no expectations other than that, that is going to be crazy. <laughs> Your only expectation is the way that Dan and Stuart are staring at you right now <laughs> and, and whispering, no, like, whispering traits of Jellicle Cats. The Twitter descent into madness I've done over the last day of yeah, seeing just, cats. of just cats' names. <laughs> I feel like I have not felt this from people since the time I almost took a Scientology stress test in a subway station, and they were just like, mm, come over here and we'll use some words you've never heard before, and we're very passionate about them. <laughs> yeah. And that just left you in a uh, in a prison cell, breaking a toilet next to Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> All right, I but wish that's... I was as strong as Crazy Man Joaquin in that movie. <laughs> but that's next time. Let's uh, let's let's finally put a bow on this. Okay, tie it all up. A big yep. laser bow, just like J.J. Abrams did. Uh, this has been another episode of the Flop House. You know what? A regular old episode of the Flop. <laughs> just another you know what? It's, it's a different episode than normal, so I'm just going to say like and subscribe or whatever, whatever they say. Lichens? Those are the enemies of the vampires in the what? Nocturnal <laughs> movie? What's that called? Fungus lichens. <laughs> Anyway. So anyway, uh, please, if you liked this episode, please <laughs> review us on iTunes. If you like say some episode, nice things. If you don't like please, these episodes, the well, door is right over there, sir. Please throw your phone into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. And uh, save yourself. Uh, tell people about us. If you like us, share stuff about us. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, uh, to check out other podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network, they might be talking about Rise of Skywalker too. I don't know. I feel like it's on the tip of everybody's tongue. Mm-hmm. Everybody's long uh, Bib Fortuna tongue. Uh, anyway, though, for the flop Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. And moseying on off to the sunset, bringing back that Western thing from the beginning of the episode. Mm. Well, I'm Ellie Kalen, hitting the trails and saying... Sure. I can't wait to talk about sure you want to Sure you want to hit the trails with that rumbling belly of yours? Maybe you want to <laughs> head over into Dan's Little Restaurant <laughs> over by the Crackling Creek. <laughs> I heard Dan's Crackling Creek Cafe does have the best night catfish. <laughs> Winter solstice. <laughs> night caught winter solstice catfish. You know, it takes a brave man to go out at night and pull those catfish from that freezing, crackling creek and fry them up for us hungry cow hands. <laughs> See you next time, everybody. Bye. <laughs>baby who had had a thing taken from them that they didn't like need but they were just sad to see it go the look on my son's face all the time (laughs) i know what i'm gonna talk about this whole episode
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.